This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Everybody, I am Keithy, uh, also known on Stream Lounge as a view to a thrill. And I am on today with Derek, who is Lone Star DC. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about that. So uh, uh, my name is Derek Cornett, longtime uh, place to be guy. Uh, I've been on it since the message board. Um, big thing I always did with wrestling, I did a lot of the, the uh, fantasy booking, things like that. Um, it's always kind of been my niche, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I ran the territory wars, uh, you know, kind of did a lot of that stuff and, you know, did some movie reviews and things like that. And, uh, now with kids and, um, uh, wife and life, uh, things haven't been as easy. So, um, I have found a new hobby. Uh, I'll share it a little bit with you. I am getting into the customization of wrestling figures, oh, sweet. Um, which has been expensive and fun sure. nonetheless. But um, I cannot wait because there is a stunning Steve Austin coming oh. out. And that bad boy is going to be, that'll be my coup de grace, if you was will. That, was that last one before the Steve Austin? Was that a one-man gang? Um, so it, it is, but it's not, it's not his actual head. Um, it's one of the newer guys. Uh, one of the tag team people, and okay. I got the head for practically nothing. So I was like, I can make that into a one-man game. <laughs> now, the cool part is Ivan and Nikita Koloff are super expensive. Yeah. But Ooh. Stone Cold Steve Austin is a perfect paint, <laughs> Nikita Koloff. Painted in <laughs> Seamus. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's painted. Oh, that's a perfect Ivan and Nikita. Yeah. And so I've got I've got a couple bodies coming in. Uh, this weekend, I'm gonna, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. It's been it's been a really fun thing to get into. That's awesome, excellent. So it looks like um, I think we have actually with us tonight we have Paul. So hey, Paul, how are you? And uh, it also looks like uh, my buddy uh, my buddy Justin's here. Nice. So what's going on? I'm so glad the two of you are joining us, and hopefully we'll get more people in. If we do, if we don't, that's okay. Um, all right, so we'll go ahead and we'll hit play, and we're starting up now. This is the 89 Rumble, so this is the one of my favorites, actually, and pretty much everything oh, yeah. in 1989 is my favorite, so it's one of my favorite years in wrestling altogether. So here we go in three, two, one. All right. So, yeah, so we got, as as I like to, we like to joke about on GFA Live, this is the, uh, we, this was, this is the intro with the Lake Mead intro. <laughs> yep. Always seeing if we could figure out where uh, <laughs> where they're currently at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the best right oh, here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Red Rooster. Yep. We got Rooster. We got Roberts, the Bushwhackers. And of course, like with me, with Vince doing the Andre the Giant, the Bushwhackers. 
Good to be here, brother. All right, bro- oh, yeah. brother, 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 brother. <laughs> oh, man, this is such a, an amazing era. Absolutely. Uh, the next next year in now, see, if you want to compare the rosters, yeah. I really do think that they could go they could go shot for shot. The brain busters on this one give me a little bit of an edge. Mm-hmm. But next year, you've also got um, Rick Rude, yep. Ultimate Warrior, yep. and Dusty Rhodes. Yep. And um, I think that does bump it up a little yeah. bit. But um, And I do think next year's Rumble is, is better. I love the 90 Rumble. But so funny story about 89 Rumble. This was the event that I rented about 250 times as a kid. Um, because it was the only one they had, they never had the eight or the 90 rumble, yeah. so I could never rent it. And, but I, I've watched this one an obscene amount of times. Right. Oh yeah. I got a custom gorilla on top of it all. That's it's funny. You're talking about doing your new hobby is custom figs. My, my new hobby is going to be custom mini figs for Legos. Cause I'm a Lego fanatic. And, uh, I'm gonna. Oh yeah. I'm actually gonna. I, I was. My nephew's gonna help me out, and I was telling him. I go. We should. Uh, we. Oh, beautiful. Oh yeah, that's a good. Set. Oh yeah. I got that set. That's a great set, actually, for the office. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm waiting for the Pox and Rec one to come out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just haven't had a chance to do the office set. It's so big. Um, and I mean, I just don't have the time. To, to really donate to it like i did i did michael's office which was great yeah. um but like to really put that thing together you need to sit down and yeah uh have some quiet <laughs> yeah well what i like to do is oddly enough i'd put on like an old pay-per-view or something if i'm not um you know if i'm not just gonna listen to music or whatever i usually put on like an old pay-per-view and i'll just build while i'm listening because i don't need to pay attention to what's going on i know i've known what's going on for the last 30 40 years you know so it's like i i can watch like wrestlemania 7 and just zone out and just every once in a while fall back in and go oh yeah look at that so um so uh there's a guy on twitter uh wcw deep cut mm. is his is his handle there and um i got a subscription to his thing and he he shared a um he shared a drive that has an obscene amount of wcw uh 80s and 90s television broadcast oh yeah and uh, so I, I've been spending some time on that. When COVID first hit, uh, I watched all of 88, or no, all of, I watched WCW Saturday Night 89 all the way through 91. And it was, it was incredible. It, it really made me, um, made me appreciate a guy like Tommy Rich, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He's definitely over the hill at this point, but man, he's one of the best TV workers. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, it'd be interesting to go through and look at who are the best TV wrestlers in those eras, because Tommy Rich would be at the top of that list for me. My top of the list for TV wrestlers, I think is, is always going to be Randy Savage. And I think that, I mean, Saturday night's main event was built for him. I, I mean, I know it wasn't in real reality built for him, but it really was because he. I felt he was just in my in my opinion, my cornerstone of professional wrestlers 
Savage is the number one. I think he had it all. I think he had the look. I think he had the ability on the mic. I think he had the skill set in the ring. I think his finishing move was awesome. His setup moves were awesome. I mean, the guy just had it all. I think, um, you know, it's just, you know, any other time or any other company, he probably would have been the top guy, but he always was in with Hogan. And it just, unfortunately, there you go. But um, I think uh, as far as like, TV goes, I mean, he knew how to put together a five-minute match perfectly from start to finish, and you were bought and sold on the storyline of just in the match itself. Yep. Yeah. Um, another guy, so the other thing I did is, at one point, I, I went through the Nitros again, and I got oh, yeah. up to I got up to Starcade 97, because I really do think that's when WCW fell off for yes. me. Um it, it really did, and I and I dare say I'm probably a bigger WCW fan going back and looking at everything uh, now that I rewatch it. But um, Eddie Guerrero, 1995, oh, yeah. oh, 96, yeah. Nitro. That guy is the best yeah. week in week out wrestler on television. Absolutely. Um, and you know what? For the most part, he kept it up even in, when he went to WWF too. I mean, he kept it yeah. going pretty much his entire run. I mean, he's yeah, yeah. he's no Eddie's. Eddie was on another level, you know, like you said, like Tommy Rich was on another level back then, you know? Yeah. And it's almost like they made, um, they made everything um, a little bit more relevant when you saw them work week in and week out. Um, Because it was like, well, I know that Sting's here. But I get to see Tommy Rich wrestle, and and I don't get to see Sting wrestle all that much. And it's really important when Sting wrestles, you know what I mean? Um, But that was the thing about WCW that I liked going back and watching 89 and 90 is that Sting would wrestle. Yeah. uh, Luger would wrestle. Yeah. Flair, a little bit less, but you would get those six-mans with the horsemen and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That was awesome, awesome stuff. I love that. Yeah, no, that's a, no, that's a, I mean, but also you're talking about a great era as well, yeah. you know, just, I mean, the era that you're talking about, that's, I mean, it's, there's a reason why it's considered the golden age. Yeah. Then not and, just you know, you look as well, at, you know. You look at these six guys, these are six guys that you would see on TV. Every week. Every other, every or other every week. Other week yeah. 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 I mean, were they doing what, three or four TV <laughs> tapings in, in a, uh, a show yeah. and, you know, you're going to get two heart foundation matches in there. You're going to get a dug in match. Yeah. Um, and the Rougeos at this point, probably some of their best character work, you know, after they moved to uh, the United yeah, States. When they moved to Memphis. Uh, so yeah. oddly, oddly enough uh, on GFA live, Pete and I have been Pete's favorite pay-per-view is the survive series 88. He loves it. And uh, we, so we started, so what we've been doing the last couple of runs that we've been on is we try to watch like the TVs leading up to a pay-per-view and then we oh, yeah. may watch a little bit afterwards just to kind of like close out a chapter. Like we had, we had an ongoing thing where we were like in love with Sid justice. So we were just watching a lot of oh, Sid yeah. stuff. And then, you know, we just started up, like we started the week after, after SummerSlam 88 and we're going to basically be watching up through, you know, survive a series. And then we may we may move around. We moved one week to um, – we did, like, an NWA. I think we did, like – a. I forget which one we did. But we did, like, NWA, like, main event or something. And we watched um, – you know, we watched that. And we might move back and forth to, like, between NWA and WWF. But we'll probably come back to, like, 
WrestleMania five. So we're right in this wheelhouse right now where like, yeah. we just saw like the Rujo's re debut and, or at least re debut with Jimmy and, they're all all they're talking about is how Jimmy has twenty five percent of the of the Heart Foundation's contract Heart Foundation, and stuff, yep. and obviously like Dino just showed up on Brother Love and was kind of given the raz to hacksaw. So I mean, this is oh my god, this is right in the wheelhouse. But you're right. I mean, watching the weekly televisions, they were on either every week or every other week. It was crazy. And you just talked about Brother Love. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Pritchard is making his own bed right now obviously with everything that he's been doing and (laughs) but when you go back and watch i mean my golly that was that was one of the most influential and important segments of the i actually just said that last week on the show i said it's just crazy to think of just where pritchard is now like you said where he is nowadays considering that he was such an important part of this show up for this era and really yep. from like 88 through 90, 91, I, I mean, barely 91, but 91, I mean, everything. Yeah, I think at 90 would have been, 90 would have been the end of it. Yeah. 91, maybe. Is that when? Uh, 91's when like the, the Warriors, yeah, like the like Warrior, destro- the yeah, Royal, Warrior destroyed the set. And then like what, like the following week was like, I think the funeral parlor or like very, very quickly after like WrestleMania 7, they did the funeral parlor. So, yeah, um, but yeah, no, I mean, he was, he, yeah, Brother Love was extremely influential every major storyline i feel like happened on the brother love show well and that was the perfect outlet for it and the crazy part is to think like he's a heel and he is a full-blown hundred percent heel yeah. there's no 98 nope. or 99 nope. he's 100 percent heel. Yep. and the fact that he moved everything um in a positive direction for most of the feuds is amazing oh, sure because he doesn't give any flavor to the faces, but he gives himself up, which makes him, yeah. you know, that much better. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I think we'd go without, uh, we'd miss something if we didn't talk about the tag team division right oh, now yeah. in the WWE 88 Survivor Series showcased it. And, um, here, I mean, the Rougeos may go down as one of those teams that did not get a run when they should have. Yes. Um, but how do you take the titles away from demolition? You know, like that's the hard thing about it. That's where I think WCW had those U S tag titles. Yeah. That would have been an amazing thing to have in the WWE, sure. but then it would have dropped the importance of the world tag. Titles, I mean, so. and you're absolutely right. And I think of that a lot with like, not just tag teams, but also like just individuals, like, I know um, I I was talking about like the boss man in like 91 and how geez, like I was like boss man should have, I feel like should have been, he should have probably dethroned perfect for a little bit and had a run like as the IC champ or whatever. But it, you know, then you, then you don't get Brett beaten perfect at SummerSlam, which is really the beginning of Bret Hart being Bret Hart. And, but it's, it's true with this where, I mean, the, the good thing about this back then is that you could have a house show feud between the Rujos and the Hearts, and in all honesty, they would be a high up on the card match to have. You know, I mean, they're not going to yep. main event a house show. Like, you're not going to main event the the B show or the C show, but you could put them on the B show and have like either the tag champs or just you know, you could have that quick thirty second Warrior Honky Tonk Man match for the IC well, title. The thing you got to remember, there were sometimes. There was sometimes a C show. Yeah. That, you know, but here's the thing. 
you say they can't main event, which I they, I they could main event the C but, show. <laughs> yeah, they could definitely main event that. But the B show, if I put the tag, if I put a U.S. tag title match sure. on there, oh yeah, and that's the main event. Yeah. Especially if I did it with like the Rougeos, like, and they put the Canadian flag over the U.S. titles, like. I mean, obviously we saw it in WCW with Lance Storm, but um, the Rockers, the Rougeos, yeah. um, the Power and Glory, my gosh, these teams would have benefited so much yeah, from, having, from yeah. that secondary tag team title. Yeah. yeah. But then on the other hand, you say that and you're like, well, then the world tag titles wouldn't mean as much. But I don't really feel that way in WCW. I felt like there was there was a lot of... Oh, yeah. um, a lot of prestige around the titles, but oh, sure. But I think we're, and, and, you know, going through, when you look at like cage match and you look at like, okay, so does it diminish the world title, the world tag titles? Uh, does it? Because demolition was pretty much just fighting the powers of pain everywhere. It's not yeah. like, because it's very different. You know, we, we had it very differently back then where if they were on television on Saturday mornings, they were fighting jobbers. It wasn't like they were fighting, marquee players and so you really only got to see the house show circuit when you look on the house show circuit it's the same circuit it's the same matches basically back and forth every night so you're right it would have been good because it wasn't like it wasn't like demolition it wasn't like you were sending out like four tag teams on a show and one night demolitions fighting the hearts one night they're fighting the powers of pain and then one night they're fighting the rujos which would have been good but they never Mm -hmm. did that it was like you were you were with you or whoever you were paired with and the other thing about Demolition is they almost had better opponents when they were heels because of the Hearts yeah. and the Rockers yeah. and some of those teams, the Bulldogs. Yeah. But now they did do a house show circuit with the Twin Towers, which I love, mm. love, love those matches. They're very hard to find, but I got my hands on on some one day. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, to me, to me, that was always a fun feud because, okay, who's going to match up with the Twin Towers? these guys are, yeah you know like and i i'm a huge twin towers oh yeah huge mark and for them, so. I, I one of the things i'm not i'm not a big fan of uh i'm not a big fan of <laughs> the road warriors and i i apologize if i offend you on yeah. that um yeah and the reason why is because i what's up danny <laughs> awesome sorry my daughter found her binoculars. oh nice well, congratulations! She should. So, not a fan of the. Road I'm not Warriors. a fan of the Road Warriors, and a lot of it had to do with a lot of it had to do with the fact that I felt they were Andre. Like, you had a team that was just so dominating, so unbelievable, so powerful that they, you know, they didn't need a title, they didn't need a tag, they, and and then you have the problem where you run into it's like, all right, what happens once they're champions? You know. Yeah. I, I I do I do like the Road Warriors a good bit, but I don't like them as champions. I like them as yeah. the you know as the team that's coming to fight. I like them as Dusty's buddies. Um, you know that kind of thing is great. Um, but eventually they get the title and then they're ruined. Exactly, and that's and, and that's why I you didn't know like what's them. interesting though is they didn't really get the titles that much in WCW. No. In that run, the run that we think about that eighty eight eighty nine. 90 run they're not champions um and i think that's that's part of me that likes them a good bit and then even when they come to the wwf their initial run is not too bad 
when they get the titles, but I do think they had good feuds with the titles. You know, they kind of lost them. And uh, I think that's when they were having some problems with Hawk yeah. and stuff like yeah. that too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll stick up for the road warriors a little bit, but here's the thing. You flip the coin a little bit and doom fits the build. Cause they can go toe to toe with the road warriors and, you know, it, they still could make it look believable if they were going to lose, I guess. So so that's that that's a good point. Um, there weren't a lot of guys, there weren't a lot of tag teams, I feel, in WCW or the NWA that would have been able to go toe-to-toe and make it believable that they were beating the Road Warriors. And that's why, that's why I kind of, you know, there was a lot of things with their WWF run that I think was, you know, not a good success, not a great success. Um I just, I, like for me, I, I love demolition and I always felt like, I know you want to get, I know as a promoter, you want to get the road warriors because they're the road warriors, but I kind of was like, you know what? They already had the road warriors and they had a better, more believable version of the road warriors. And I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't know if they're that, that pop that demolition gets at the, at WrestleMania six, when they win is crazy. And that's a even the pop they get at four. Yeah, like that doesn't get enough no, credit. No, because they're those full fans blown wanted heels. them. Yes, to be and that's why it's like baby face. Yes, and it's just they were so friggin' good, and I just it kind of hurts that you know they kind of got jobbed out to LOD as soon as they showed up, and you know, I mean, I well, do you think part of that is because of Axe? Um, well, I think it's a cause and effect. I think. With LOD coming in, I'm sure at one point, I'm sure he had a conversation with like, whether it was Pat Patterson or Vince or whoever, and was like, what do you, what do we need them for? You guys have us. And I'm sure like at one point they were like, come on, you know, well, they're the the road warriors, you know? Yeah. That's also the time that his health went out though. Allegedly. That's the other thing is that's like one of the biggest, that's like one of the big conspiracy theories is that. Is it that, or was he kind of looking to get out because he didn't want to be jobbed out to the, you know, he didn't want to be sent the, which is so funny to think of that, like, not not that it's funny, but both both Hawk and Animal are dead, and yet Smash, Smash and Axe are still alive. Yep. It's like, okay. But, I mean, he was considered, like, an antique in 1990, and yeah. it's, you know, and that's, I think, kind of cause and effect. He decided he didn't want to be around anymore, and then... You know, then you get the Survivor Series 90 where he, he didn't even gel his hair. <laughs> no. Um, and I think that's the... So, you know, the one thing that pops up to me is WrestleMania 7. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a big rebooking guy, yeah. right? I I, I, I'll, I can rebook anything. Sure. Um, so WrestleMania 7, we put Power and Glory against the Road Warriors, which makes sense because of the Tag Team Battle Royal yep. situation. Yep, yep. But... And then... I wonder the other part is Hercules was hurt. Uh, he had the pulled hamstring or groin or whatever. Yeah. Um, but why don't you have them job to the Japanese guys and have the road warriors just finish demolition off? That's a good point. At, you know, yeah. like to me, to me, that would make the most sense. Um, I, I just don't, I, you know, I don't see a lot of, of value in that, but, Demolition's also going to give the Japanese guys a little bit more of a, a of a match than uh, Power and Glory could have because of the injury to Hercules. Yeah, but then you find out that the that is it uh, was a Katao that was like wasn't even really all that impressed and didn't nope. really want to even do business with 
and anybody, anybody yeah. in the company anyway. So it's like, you know, was it worth even trying? I guess. Yeah. And, and you know, that's the question, right? Like, that's the thing that you give the WWE credit for is they do gamble. Oh, yeah. You know, and a lot of the times it pays off. Uh, but then you have some of those that doesn't. But, you know, I'm sure there was some money with having that, uh, was it SWS yeah. uh, situation? Sure. You know, well, I mean, because he's thinking, I mean, I'm sure they're thinking, oh, this is awesome. We're going to expand. We're going to have, you know, a, a good working relationship with, you know, this new Japanese company that's going to be able to take over. And I'm sure they were thinking they're going to be they're going to be the ones that take over. Not, you know, well, yeah, not, not new. New Japan was around at that point. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Around, yeah. Well, New Japan and all Japan were big. Yeah. And, you know, maybe Vince is thinking SWS is where the WWF is going to be more of a showcase yeah. rather than, you know, like, Oh yeah, we've got some guy Jin coming over. Right. Um, but you never know. Um, that's a, but yeah, we got, some, that's a beautiful spot right there with <laughs> yeah. Jacques Rougeau. Well, so that's the thing I was just going to say, we saw an abdominal stretch earlier yeah. and Jacques comes over and smacks him in the face. They're so underrated oh, God. for like that little stuff. Oh, sure. where, like how, how can you look past a team that does so much to get heat mm-hmm. doing so little. Um, and that's the, you know, that's the crazy <laughs> part about the Rougeos. You know, and add the killer bees into that conversation that we were having earlier, mm. right? A- as a team that could have had a, um, a U.S. tag title sure. run, like they would have, that would have instantly made them a little bit more. It's just, you know? it's just funny because, you know, for, for many, many years, obviously, WWF only had just like really like the three titles. Um, four, if you count whenever they had a woman's champion, but you know, um, and then, and then it seemed like everybody got a title. (laughs) They started having every, every championship. Now it seems, you know, I feel like, well, they only have one tag title now. And I don't know if they're ever going to break that up again. I mean, I kind of feel like they don't need to because while I do appreciate some of like the put together tag teams, the two singles guys that are just like, you know, doing nothing and they put them together. I don't love it. I wish there was more of this, you know, dedicated tag team. But then again, some of the best tag teams that have come out of history have been just two guys that are sitting around, not doing anything. Working around. And just saying, you know what, let's just put these two guys together and we'll see what happens. Yeah. um, So I know like it's so, it makes a lot of sense to compare this era to now. Yeah. But I really do think like the, um, the visibility of the talent is such a big difference. Yes. And that's the thing. They also had way more time to be on TV today than they have back oh, then. Oh, of course. Because this is what I was going to ask you. What shows are you watching on TV to lead up to this? Uh, we've been watching... We've been watching mostly... Well, it kind of depends, because what Pete and I like to do is we look at like what's going to be on the docket for the shows the following week. So we've yep. we've gone through and we've watched Challenge, we've watched Superstars, we've watched Prime Time before. We try to do um oh hey. Oh, that laughing theater popping in yeah. to say hi before his stream starts. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> I love it. Um we've been watch I mean we've watched kind of hello. hello. La, la, la. Um yeah, we've watched a lot of look, other stuff. Real quick, look at the pop of the fans. I know. This is a fucking six-man... Sure. I'm sorry, I don't no, know if a, I can cuss on here. This oh, is yeah. a six-man tag team match. We work very blue, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, but look at the fans. They went nuts. But that's an awesome opening banger of a match. I mean, it's... It is. It was a fun six-man. I mean, it, it, it yeah. was. And I think that... Oh, you absolutely had a fun... Yeah, and, and this is great. I, I've always remembered the Rumble as having a pretty good opening banger. Last, yeah. last week, we watched... Um, Rumble 91, and the opener for that is a, was friggin' 20 minutes. Legit. It was the Orient Express yep. and the Rockers. And I was like, Jesus Christ, they gave them 1915. And then the following match was Barbarian and Boss Man, and that was 1415. Well, here's the funny thing. Uh, so let's go to next week. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania, or uh, Royal Rumble 90 has a rematch from WrestleMania 5 mm. with the Rougeos and the Bushwhackers. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the next week, 91 has got a rematch from WrestleMania 6 yes. with the Rockers and the Orient and Express. The, it's like the better, the better Orient Express, too. Cause... All right, let's watch this. This is, this is oh, magic. Yeah, this is magic. So good. This is, I, I, think, I think you're right. The crowd is pumped because it's the first one. It's the first proper rumble. I love DiBiase's green suit. Oh, my gosh. He's just when so he gets so pissed, amazing. he's pissed. <laughs> I love it. I want to know who, oh. who's that guy. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't like a Mark Curtis or something. Like Seriously, that. like it's just some random dude. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Thanks for joining. Mike. Mike said he was going to be on his phone. I don't know. Are you on your phone still, or are you actually like? Uh... Oh, you're watching on your phone, right? Now, here's the thing. This segment right there yeah. does so much. Absolutely, it does so much. Yeah. And here. Like some of these are meaningless, right? Now it's it's really funny if you see the ones and then like go on to think where they actually were and see if the see if it makes sense, right? You know right, what I mean? Right. Like Honky comes in pretty early, so that makes sense that he um he had <laughs> kind sorry. of a, just, a bad every time anybody says the, just the name Honky, I just thought laughing like uncontrollable. It's just it's like the best name, Honky. Mm-hmm. Honky. Here we go. Bad news, yep. Brown. Bad news is going to be, is he pissed? Oh, he's happy. See, and he's at, like, is he number 13 or is that Savage? Um, I can't remember. Uh, He is 13. Yeah. Jake. Oh my gosh. Hunka 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 hunk hello. Here we go. Oh yeah. Underrated. Oh, there's, a man, Underrated. there's a man who knows a thing or two about winning rumbles, right? That's right. See, I wish they'd bring this back. I would love for them to bring this back. It would it would it would be so big. And you know what? It could be its own show. Oh yeah. It could be a 30 minute mm-hmm. like just it, it could uh, be on the pre show. You know, Exactly. It would be much better and than it, watching those people talk to each other for, you know, an oh hour. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. What ha- so we don't get to fast forward on this thing, do we? <laughs> How dare you? That is my pinup girl right there. Sensational Sherry. <laughs> um, I have to, I was going to, I wanted to talk about this. Women's wrestling has come so far, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it is, it is light years ahead now than it was here. And, um, you know, I dare say, like, I didn't really get into women's wrestling that much until Lita and Trish started doing their yeah. thing. 
um, they're the ones that got me going. And then you get like your uh, Victoria's and um, some of those other ones. Like I really got into them. I thought they were fantastic, yeah. but um, now it is, it is really its own thing, which is great. Um, and right there, Sherry Martel, mm -hmm. all time list, probably at the top or um, top three for sure yeah. in terms of beautiful women and yeah. um, uh, I'd say meaningful women in the sport. Mike says Janice Soprano is my pinup girl. How dare you? Janice. It's, Janice. It's Pavati. Thank you, Mike. It's Pavati. <laughs> it's fucking Janice. I don't know what it is. Uh, no, but yeah, no. So I, I, I love... Uh, I, I love um, Sherry. I always have. So the other the other woman I was going to say that I, I absolutely love is woman. Oh, yeah. I every time she was on TV, man, she just looked she looked the part. And oh, my God, she was so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, when she comes out with doom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And then. She comes out with flair, right? And then she kind of goes away for a little bit. And then she comes back in 96 and like she instantly means something. And then like her stuff, like obviously I know about the Benoit stuff, but yeah. when she was coming out with Benoit, that instantly gave him more credit oh, yeah. um, when that happened. And uh, I always think she's she's probably up there. Sonny would be the other mm -hmm. one, you know, as a woman, uh, non-wrestler, um, she always had yeah. a lot of importance. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, it is unfortunate. I mean, we, we, and, th and Elizabeth, too. thankfully this is only six minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I think like n having a woman broadcaster is something the WWE missed out on because, uh, I know that there's some shows where Mike McGurk did some of the broadcasting yes. mm -hmm. and she is incredible. She is so incredible yeah. to listen to. Um, I think she did a podcast with Sean Mooney. Must listen. It was so good. Oh, yeah? And she talks about growing up in the business because if there was ever a kid that grew up in the business, mm -hmm. she was definitely it. And she was incredible. And then she's sexy. She's got a good voice. She, you know, she comes out there. She instantly gives the match credibility. It's it's just a shame that like she they didn't use it more. But Sherry here on TV, like. Dude, she could have been a secondary commentator, and I think she did with Sean Mooney a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she used um, to do the. Um, it wasn't all American. It was um, Spotlight, the magazine. Spotlight. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I think, and I know, like, even like current day, like Beth Phoenix did NXT for a mm -hmm. while, and she was pretty good on NXT. I mean, they didn't have anybody. It's unfortunate that they don't have anybody to. Um, you know, to really be that voice for, for women, just cause I'm trying to think of who <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike, Mike Justin is saying things. Yeah, I know. I love uh strung out Debbie Mazar as well from Goodfellas. That's, mm -hmm. that's the hottest chicken in, 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 in television and movie and wrestling and everything is, is strung out Debbie Mazar. It is, but uh no, but I think that uh we had, I mean, I'd love to see, that's why I think when um oh what's her name? The Bailey. When Bailey was injured, I wish they I wish they had kept her on television. Do you remember when like CM yeah. Punk was hurt 
and yet he Hulk. still was out on commentary like every week. Yeah, I, as the WWE champion when he was yeah. hurt too. And they should do that's what they should have done. They should have done that with like Bailey because Bailey's actually really good on the mic as a commentator. It's just she's always playing her heel character. But you know yeah. what? So here's the thing. Keep her up. And yeah, here's the thing about that. The WWE is always going to be behind until they give the women their own show. When they give the women their own show and it's their own entity and you get somebody like that that can do that stuff, I think that's when you'll see it go to the next level. You know, but you have to find you have to find the right people to to get in there and do that. And that's that can be tough. So I would say start off with like start off with giving like the women an hour another pay-per-view. Or an hour of raw. Yeah. They they should have they should have another pay per view. That I mean mm-hmm. the fact that that was a one and done is criminal because yeah. it was great. But Yeah, but that was a response for them not being able to go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Now they can go to Saudi Arabia. Well, I you know and and here's the thing, it was it's entertaining and when you give the women the spotlight like that, it gives them more uh more oomph, you know, like I'm going to want to, I'm going to watch the women's rumble this year and I will know barely anybody, but you know, I know the ones I know. And then they pull in some of the old names and it's like, ah, yeah, you know, this is, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully somebody like, I would say like a, uh, what's her name there? Um, the one that was in TNA and then came in the rumble, um, this year. God, why am I forgetting her name? Um, oh my god, she was in WWF forever. Uh, Gail Kim, not Gail Kim. Um, who's great? She's a she is top five all time. Mickey James. Mickey James. Yep, yeah. You thank go. you. Yes, and I mean she's got to be getting up to the point where she's ready to retire, right? I mean, yeah. So, and she just had a baby, I believe. Yeah. So you know what? You sign her on, have her become yep. a lead commentator or something. And I mean, they yep. can talk about men's wrestling too. It's not like, exactly, but that's what you do. You move. I mean, no, I don't know anybody that's, I don't know anybody that really likes Booker T on commentary. (laughs) So it's like, you know what, get rid of Booker T and put Mickey James out there. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. You've got this multi-million dollar performance center. Yeah. Yeah. Get some people that like wrestling. Like, don't tell me Renee Young or Renee Paquette, whatever you want to call her. Like, she'd be perfect. She'd be the one that would lead a show, you know, and it could be its own entity, but, um, I don't know. It's it's kind of like the discussion we had earlier with championships. Yeah. You know, if you if you do more, does it lessen the value? No. Or not for something like just, not for something like that. If you mix it in, does it still gain a little bit? You know, like I think them having their own show, the women having their own show would be the best thing. But here's the question though. Do they show up on Raw and SmackDown then? Yes, absolutely. I don't see you know, why you can't. I don't see why you either a can't go. I mean, they like a three man booth anyway, so yeah. I don't see why you can't have a three man or a three person booth and have one of the commentators on the show be a woman, and then yep. and you have it be, and maybe you have her out there with you know Corey Graves and then maybe Michael Cole, so that way she kind of like learns how to do things properly. I mean, it's all different now because. You know, every everything everybody says like since Vince is gone, everything's so different and 
you know, they don't have like Vince McMahon screaming in their ears, telling them what to do and what to plug and what to say and what not to say. And, you know, and I think that with a guy like Triple H running the show, he's got a much more of an old school feel. And uh, yeah, no, she, yep. Renee did do play by play. And I think she was fine. Um, I would just love to see it become a permanent fixture. I mean, but she signed, she signed with AEW and is she even, she's not yep. even doing anything with AEW, is she? Like, is she just a backstage announcer or something or? I don't even know if I don't even know if she's doing anything. Yep. So one thing we see WrestleMania five there. One thing that I love about 1990s Royal Rumble yeah. compared to 89 is how much stuff is set up for WrestleMania yeah. from the Rumble. Yeah. Here you have obviously the big one is Hogan and Savage, right? We know that. Andre and uh Jake. Yeah. That's the big one. Yeah. Right. But there's really not a lot of other stuff that's built from no. this. And I think they, you know, next year, I think 90, they perfect it. I, yeah. There's so much that comes out of that that uh, ends up being um Well, remember, this, was, this is the first year they did this as a pay-per-view. Yeah. So I don't think they were ready to, that, the whole road to WrestleMania thing probably really started next, the following year. Yeah. And I think the other thing that people... I don't, I mean, maybe I look at it differently, um, but I look at like these shows have to be semicolons, if you will, right? In this big sentence, because uh, 88 Survivor Series, mm-hmm. maybe it doesn't do a ton, but you did get Jake and Andre. Mm-hmm. Um, you did get Jake finishing uh, things off with Rude, and you had um, the Powers of Pain demolition thing, right? But the powers of pain and demolition do nothing here. No, you know. Um, do they even but, interact with each other? You know what I mean? Like, no, they're not in the ring at the same time. Um, yeah. So, like, it's it's just a, you know, I think that every single event has to do a little bit to lead into the next thing. Like WrestleMania, we always talk about that being the granddaddy of them all, the finishing touches. But mm-hmm. in reality, you need something that's going to move things forward. You know, um, WrestleMania 14 is a great example. Right, we put a period on Austin and Michaels, mm-hmm. but by golly, we started Austin and Foley and Austin McMahon right up right after. Yeah, but Kane and the Undertaker kept going. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of other ones that kept going. So, yeah, that's hilarious. Warlord <laughs> and Barbarian are like at the end of the rumble. <laughs> well, Warlord's got the record on this one. He's yeah. the one that comes in and goes out that fast. Um. The Twin Towers. So, you know, me being who I am, Twin Towers versus Skyscrapers mm-hmm. is a uh, a dream match, if you will. Sure. What, now, which version of the Skyscrapers? Um, so, I mean, I love the Spivey and Sid version, but the more, and I'm looking over because I've created Mean Mark and <laughs> Spivey. I, I can't, I mean, I don't know if I can, if this will work. But like you see, oh my that? goodness, are those all your own, all, all your own creations? Um, seventy percent. Wow, I would say. Uh, like I'm looking over there and I'm like, yeah, you know what? But I watched Spivey and um, in me and Mark. I mean, my God, they really missed the boat on that. That could have been that could have been something special, you know. And I always think it's kind of funny that they had the big blow off at uh, was it Wrestle War ninety? Um, or cap, yeah, Russell War ninety, and it's Mean Mark and Mike Enos yeah. against the Road Warriors. When you go back to Halloween Havoc, and they had nothing to do with any yeah. of it, you know. 
So, uh, all right, here we go. The over, my man, the overdub, ravishing Rick Rude. So, funny story. This is actually ravishing Rick Rude mm-hmm. right here. Yes, it is. In the in the in the short hair. I got to figure out what I'm going to do with the tights, though. So, anybody out there? Um, anybody out there in our in our uh in our uh viewing land? If you guys have an easy idea for a color of tights for Rick Rude's uh pants, let me know because I'm 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 on my like fourth color on that one right now. So Mike says I showed the warlord my traffic ticket once. That's awesome. <laughs> warlord just genuinely seems like a cool Oh guy. god, I am I I love the warlord actually. He's I he's kind of been uh he's been popping up on the algorithm on my YouTube page has been showing me some like warlord uh um just random shoot interview that he did and mm-hmm. it's just funny like every time I go and watch a video he is like genuinely like the nicest guy he's like yeah I never had a problem with anybody you know he calls barbarian barb so he's like yeah, yeah barb and I used to ride in the road we never had a problem with the warrior you know here, here's another guy, one man gang. Mm-hmm. Did you ever listen to his shoot interview? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think there could be a nicer guy. But what the hell, dude? Why do you no show uh, two Survivor series where you're like main mainstream on it, um, and then you go to WCW and like become meaningless? Yeah. Uh, I think that was the biggest issue I always had with him. But I love the one man gang. I love Akeem. Oh yeah. And now we see the warrior. Um, I did go through the nostalgia kick that I think a lot of people did when he came back, did the Hall of Fame, had a little bit more respect for him, tried to give him some due. And, and um, so there's a match that happens at uh, Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen in March of 89. It's Warrior is IC champion. Uh, Savage is world champion. Yeah. It's on the uh, superheroes mm-hmm. of VHS. Mm-hmm. And that thing is that's such a good yeah, it's match. A, it's a it's a banger of a match, yeah. Oh, and that that video itself has got some really great ones because it's got what I think arguably one of the best cage matches of all time. Rudin Piper is mm. is amazing, and Hillbilly Jim is freaking great on commentary. Him and Gorilla are a fun fun team. And is that did they upload that to like the network yet, or I believe so. Oh, nice. I believe it's on oh, that's there. That's cool. That that was another one that I had the copy of that one, and I watched yeah. it seven hundred times, maybe <laughs> seven hundred times. I mean, I and you think I'm joking? Like, I literally, I go do the five for five VHSs at my grandma's, and I'd get five wrestling movies, and I'd watch them, and I'd watch them probably twice, and I'd sit there with my wrestling guys. Like, oh yeah, when I was a kid, that was my thing, and obviously here as an adult. <laughs> Here I go. <laughs> it's a good hobby to have. Yeah. It's a safe hobby. That's expensive. It's expensive, yeah. but it's safe. It's better than gambling and drinking and, you know. Yeah. So, you know, we'd be remiss not to talk about the greatness that is Bobby Heenan. Yes. Right? I mean, everything he does is is gold. gold. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, no, without a doubt, any he's the greatest manager of all time. I don't, I, I don't buy into the Paul Heyman you know, and it's people that say it's like it's not even Polly Dangerously. If you wanted to have a better conversation about Polly Dangerously, I would. It's people talking yeah. about Paul Heyman because he managed Brock Lesnar for all those years. No, 
and he doesn't do anything anymore. Like he literally yeah. just stands behind Roman Reigns and smiles. That's all he does. He doesn't really talk anymore. He's not an he, well, he's not an advocate. Like he's just there. And yeah, here's the other thing: is his big stuff when he had his run mm-hmm. in WWE yeah. was against Brock. Yeah, he was always the guy with somebody else yeah. against Brock. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah. And I do love Paulie dangerously. I think that one's great. I'll tell you the one that we saw earlier, or we if we didn't see him yet, Jimmy Hart. Yeah, Jimmy was out is, there with uh, the Rujos and Dino Bravo. So so underrated. Yeah. Like when you go back and watch what he did, I mean, it's just the one I'm thinking of right now is the um SummerSlam ninety match mm-hmm. and the interview that he does afterwards. And he is so fired up. And that's one of the few times he takes his glasses off which completely changes the game. But. Oh, look at that. Pump it up, Rude. <laughs> my my brother had one of those, you know, those pump bars there, those iron bars there. And I just remember when I was a kid, always seeing it and just being like, I wonder if I could hit my brother in the head with this, <laughs> if it would do any damage. <laughs> Uh, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, these guys are put together. Yeah. A warrior is so ready to be done with honky at this point. Yeah. So done. Well, and their bodies are. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, 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 I know there's the one match with Hogan that he, he was able to Hogan. I feel it's like Hogan pulled out a good match of the warrior and well, that's warrior always showed up for pay-per-views. I feel like he always, he always performed well on pay-per-views. Um, you know, I think he, he, he blew up every, he blew up so fast in every other match against anybody, but, uh, he did well against Rudy did great with Savage, you know, Savage, I think here's the thing, Bobby's got that WWF bag. Yeah. That blue one. I wonder if that's the same one he had the money in at WrestleMania one. (laughs) It's definitely the one that, uh, he, they threw him out and he had, he had his underwear and his, uh, (laughs) his toilet paper that he was taking when he left. (laughs) Jimmy Hart, Mike, that that he is great. Um, I uh, I was gonna say he. I tried to when I wrestled. I talked with Marty Janetti once, and I was like, like Marty was only worried about getting a drink and talking to women. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, hey man, tell me how you throw a punch. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But Jimmy Hart seems like he's the kind of guy that will sit down with you and and just talk. You know. Yeah. And he's got so much to talk about. His career before the WWE is amazing, and his oh, career yeah. after WWE is great. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was he was a mainstay in Memphis. I mean, he was the Hart family was huge. Yeah. And the Justin, we didn't we didn't have to put up we didn't have to play up in the club because Warrior wasn't talking. Thankfully. <laughs> that's a that's another uh, GFA gag. Whenever we have Warrior talk, we play like up in the club because it's just yeah. it's just. It's, you know, it's never anything coherent, usually. <laughs> no. So here's the thing about Rude, right? Like, um, Rude going to WCW uh, was the best thing that could have happened for him. But I actually, I kind of wish he would have been the Black Scorpion. Mm. Um, you know, that would have made sense to me. Yeah. Um, Muda is the other one that mm. Paul dangerously says it on the show. But Muda is the other one that I wish would have been the Black Scorpion. Yeah. Like, him or Rude would have been perfect. Rude's timing would have been amazing um, because he just gets fired in October, so he could have showed him in December. But um, 
you know, his physique, he's a tough guy, uh, being the leader of the dangerous Alliance, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I always thought that he was so prime in WCW oh, yeah. in comparison to the way that they used him here. Um, and part of that, I think, is is the, the Hulk Hogan effect because I think Hulk was probably worried about it when he was in the ring with him because Rude's body is 10 times better than Hogan. Well, there's that, one, there's that one match where I think it's at the Boston Garden, too. Philadelphia oh, it's Philly. Yeah, it was Philly. Or, no, it's Philly or Boston, yeah. one of the two. And teams. he hits Rude. Rude hits him with the chair, and he hits him with the corner of the chair, and then Hogan's like, I don't want to wrestle with him anymore. And yeah. I think Flair had a problem with him in the ring as well. And uh, well, I think he, I, from what I remember, Flair just said, you know, he's the real deal. Yeah. You know, uh, he, he made it, he made, cause I love going and watching those Ric Flair talking about tough guys. Yeah. Um, uh, shoot stuff like him, his stories about Dick Slater. Awesome. But, uh, rude was a legit tough guy, but he's also an instigator. I guess like he'd like try to start fights with people at the bar. <laughs> For talking to his wife like he'd walk away so that he could go start a fight with them um also big time arm wrestling champ like legit strong tough arm wrestling guy um so you know he's got a lot of good stuff and the other thing i remember listening to steve austin's podcast he talked about he's a hell of a hunter mm. and like a real big sportsman and stuff like that paul orndorff is the other one yeah that was a real big sportsman austin said he spent a lot of time with those guys also apparently Rude was very religious. And yeah. there's a story Paul E talks about where he says he was in the car with Steve Austin and Rude and they were driving somewhere and Steve kept going, God damn, God damn, God damn, God damn. And Rude was getting more and more pissed every time he was saying. And then finally he was just like, he was like, Steve, can you please stop using the Lord's name in vain? And Steve just was like real quiet and he was like, Well, Jesus Christ, all right, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> And I think, like, and that's just, I think he popped him with that. But it's just funny yeah. that, no, I mean, Rude was, I think, a hell of a guy. He He's one of the few guys that went to WCW from WWE that I think was more successful, I feel, in, in, yep. the, other, in the opposing company. Not a lot of guys left um, that, well, that are not named Hogan, I guess. But yeah. like, not a lot of guys left that, um, yeah. yeah, that went and were successful. But, um but yeah, he was very successful and he probably would have continued to be had he not gotten hurt. Oh yeah. You know? And he would have been an interesting guy to watch in that 94, 95. Let's get on TV. Yeah. Let's bring in some of these different guys, yeah. you know, who knows what that career could look yeah. like. Um, so now is the rumor out there that Rick rude, how he died. Have you heard any of those rumors or no? Oh, I, I think so. Yeah. And that's... Did you hear the injection rumor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, I don't... I'm not going to give it any kind of credence. I don't I don't know if it was right or wrong or if it actually happened or not. But do you know uh, Tommy the Machine... Or Tommy um, the Duke Morrison? Yeah. The boxer? Tommy the Machine Gun? So, yeah. Tommy <laughs> the Machine Gun. A high, From the uh, highly Rocky underrated fan. Rocky Five. Oh, so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And people just don't want to give it any credit. Um... But so that's how Tommy Morrison supposedly got HIV. If you watch the um, 30 for 30, his brother talks about it. He said he was giving himself injections uh, to get an erection and it was keeping an open sore. Mm. And that's how he got HIV was that way. 
And it's like, whoa, that's well, crazy. The, and like the story that Rude was trying to do that with his wife, because that's the thing is that, I mean, I'm pretty sure he was a very faithful. I have always heard people say yeah. that Rude was faithful and that he yeah. wasn't, you know, he wasn't laying with ring rats or anything like that. So, no. I mean, I personally, I just think it's all right. This is a guy. He's probably been doing some cycle of steroids, correct? Oh yeah. So, and I think that you know, part of the side effects of steroids is, can be, you know, impotence. Well, I was going to say, par- I was going to just not even say that. I was going to say problems with your heart. You yeah. know, and and that's probably what it was because I mean, he was training for a comeback allegedly, and he was getting ready to, you know, he was getting ready to come back, and that he was, you know, f- whatever his his back or whatever it was that had healed and. You know, the Lloyds of London thing was over, so he was going to, you know, need to come back. And he probably was just training too hard. And, you know, maybe there was some other, uh, you know, other things that he was doing, some illicit activity maybe. And that's the yeah. thing that I think gets a lot of these guys when they get older is, yeah. you know, they try. Well, they, that's the, well, what you just said, though, that's the problem. It's, it's not that much older, right? No. Like, I'm, I'm 36 right now. Yeah. These guys are dying off in 10 years from me, yeah, yeah. you know, like. That's the crazy part. So, well, but I mean, um, that, but let me ask you this yeah, question: When you yeah. were in your twenties, were you just doing nothing but lines and lines of cocaine? <laughs> um, Probably not, right? <laughs> not usually, yeah, right? I mean, that's <laughs> the thing is that these guys lived. I mean, I always remember Kevin Nash talking about going into the locker room now, and he's like, "When I went in the locker room now, he's like, guys are around playing like PlayStation and Xbox. He's like, none of these guys are into the shit that we were into." And and that's the yeah. thing is that I don't think any of these guys are into partying the way that they partied back in like the eighties and well, back why, in the nineties. Why Cena got a twenty year career, Randy Orton. Yeah, you know. And that's probably the thing is that you'll you I I bet you I bet you the new generation of guys, no pun intended, a new generation, but the newer yeah. generation of wrestlers probably won't be dying off as early because they're much more aware of what happened. It's almost like. It's almost like they're the they're the child actors that listened to the old child actors and didn't do any of the shit that the child actors back then did, you know? Like they're yeah. they're saving their money, they're doing things properly, they're trying to transition out and do more stuff with, you know, I mean, social media I think is a, is there's certain aspects of social media that are great, you know? I mean, yeah. like I think of like things like up up down down. Like that's a fantastic avenue for them to do that's separate, that's different. That's not necessarily yep. taking chair shots every single night. Yeah, here we go. Rick Rude uh, uh, Man- turns yeah. the tables here. Mike, are you a subscriber to Mandy Rose? Is that what you're telling us? If so, can we have your uh, username and password? <laughs> uh, so let's watch the best worker on the entire card right here, Mr. Nick Bockwinkle. <laughs> Uh, he's going to do more in 30 seconds than anybody does the entire night. Look at that bump. That's better than any bump that you'll see other than Bret Hart. Nick Bockwinkle. It's so funny. Is he Nick Bockwinkle in WWF? Oh, my God. He's so great. He's so great. fucking agents, Frankie. Look at this. So my, uh, my grandma used to date Billy Robinson from the AWA. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh. And she met Nick Bockwinkle a couple times, and she said he was like the most handsome man oh, sure. that she'd ever met. Yeah. And you know, I love how Rude just completely lets go of this thing when he does that, and Warrior no sells the shit out of the oil. 
Oh no, the warrior knelt no selling something. No, I love how Mean Gene just freaking bails. Heads, yep. heads for the hills, Oakland. Yeah, he's got he's got an interview to go do. Hundred dollars, right? It's the first plane. <laughs> yeah, the the revenue streams. Is. You're right, Mike. Um, I mean, a lot of people are saying, you know, like OnlyFans is. OnlyFans is one of those big ones, right? Like we know that, but there's a lot of other ways for people to make money out there. And it's almost like if you're not doing it, you know, you're missing out on something. Yeah. Um, but Oh man, the foam, the foam mm-hmm. two by four. So here's the other thing. Um, watching the uh uh watching the coliseum home video edition of the 1990 rumble i can't wait to talk about that with you but these yeah. these interviews in front of the green screen woof um the the there's a couple of them that look really terrible <laughs> mm-hmm. this one doesn't look that great yeah. either <laughs> oh Mr. Fuji. Master Fuji. Oh, there, oh, there she, she is. is. Glorious. Looking only as she can look. <laughs> I mean, think of somebody who had more of an impact that did nothing. Yeah. She really yeah, she did. didn't do it. She, she didn't do She shit. never did anything. But here's the thing. If anything ever happened to her, it was huge. It was the biggest thing ever. Yeah. If if somebody were to ever like mess with her, mm-hmm. boom, instant. Top top of the card. So like yes. that's the funny thing is I um I like to do the fantasy booking and like every time I get Randy Savage, you get um Elizabeth and I always like to run the angles of like uh you know somebody trying to prey on Liz, you know, like rick flair did mm-hmm. and stuff like that mm-hmm. but um you know she other than that she's she's really pointless you know yeah um she doesn't and i'm glad the wwf didn't do that too much they only did it with flair if i if i remember um yeah like they never had him i mean they no because i mean that well the next closest thing was the fact that hogan lusted after her that was about it yeah. but... well in honk honky saying i'm gonna shake rattle and roll you elizabeth <laughs> Oh, where did Jesse go? <laughs> oh, so this is this is extra. If you have the Coliseum video, this is not on it. Okay. And I remember this shot right here because I'd always use this shot for my King of the Ring matches. Oh, that's right. So this is for the King. Okay, yeah. So here's the thing. Jesse's running WCW. What do you think about that one? Um, eh. See, I, I'm i not as huge of a Jesse fan as I think everybody else is. I think Jesse, I think Jesse was the innovator of like the heel commentator, but I think Bobby Heenan did it better. I th- and- Well, let me, let me rephrase that. 
I think Jesse is I, Roddy Piper is the one that really started. It, if you go back, I mean, yeah, yeah if his you go stuff back, is Gordon. Yeah. He's the mm-hmm. he's the innovator, and I think Jesse takes it to the next level. Yeah, and then Bobby Heenan takes it to the next level. Yeah, you know, and there's never going to be anybody like them ever again. Look at what Michael Cole tried to be a heel commentator. It's just it not terrible. good. And let me tell you something. You go back and watch the WWF with Lawler and Jr. Mm. I I love those guys, but man, they're un. It's hard to listen to yeah. them. It's not good. No, no. Jerry Lawler is not as good as people give him credit for either. I think that uh, <clears throat> I. I actually, I didn't hate Vince as a commentator. I didn't. I knew why they couldn't. Oh, he was great. Yeah, yeah, I know why they didn't continue with Vince, obviously. Um, I think that, I mean, my team is, that's right, that is the one true king. Thank you, Justin. I, we all should bow and hail. Um, but I think that Jesse, I know Jesse's biggest problem is he didn't he didn't mesh with Jr which is a shame because, I mean, who doesn't freaking mess with Jim Ross? Well, <laughs> and you know what? Jim Ross has come out and said that that was his fault. Yeah. He he wouldn't take the stuff that Jesse was feeding him. And you can go back and watch some of those shows, and it's there. Yeah. I mean, you hear Jesse throw stuff out there, and JR just ignores the hell yeah. out of it. Um, the Clash of the Champions 20 is the one I'm thinking of. Um, I know in that eight-man Survivor mm. match – he throws a couple of things out there to him and it's just, it's just blank dead air. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of that is because, you know, Jim Ross kind of had that Gordon solely esque, you know, it's all business. It's all business. Kind of here we go, Harley. I love it. (laughs) And, you know, you weren't going to get that from, you're not going to get Jim, Jim, like I, I couldn't see Jerry. I couldn't see Jesse Ventura mixing it up with Gordon solely either. No, you know, Mm-mm. But oddly enough, him and Tony Schiavone worked. I think yep. Schiavone was pretty good with him. Yeah, I like I Tony Sh- Schiavone. I think Schiavone's a good is a great uh, announcer. Um, great, yeah, I think he's spectacular. Um, he goes down with WCW. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like as bad as WCW gets, Tony Schiavone goes right down yes. just as fast with it. Yes, um, because his early stuff is incredible yeah you know yeah. when he's when he's doing the thing on his own uh he's good and bischoff bischoff isn't terrible like he's got such a a vince vibe when he's doing the shows of nitro especially um and you know it's just it's it's just interesting one of my favorite commentary teams of all time i i i wasn't joking if you guys haven't done it yet try to find a madison square garden with uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Hillbilly Jim. Yeah, it's so good. Hillbilly's great, and the other one is Jim Ross and Dusty Rhodes. Mm. Oh yeah, their uh, Fall Brawl '91 mm-hmm. is yeah Dusty's, one of my favorites. Dusty's, Dusty's great. Yeah, or no, it's Wrestle War '91. Sorry, Wrestle War '91. I think he they're just fantastic. Uh, Super Brawl, Super Brawl One. They're fantastic, yeah. and then. Dusty like does that hiatus and then he comes back and starts doing commentary again. And um, I was just watching some WCW stuff from the late nineties the other day. And uh, again, he's a, they're, they're such a product of the, of the product, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. This is great. Just two big hosses going at it. Oh yeah. 
And so I, uh, I've been doing uh, a fantasy booking over on the um, pro wrestling only. Mm -hmm. And my, I, I, I got to do like starter promotion, not very many guys. And then ended up getting a pretty good deal. Well, I got Harley race as my main dude and I was running out of Chicago and um, it was funny because it was all of 87 and now we're going into 88 and you know, it's, it's funny because Harley could still go a little bit, but his name was true value still, mm. especially when you think about St. Louis, Chicago, those kind of areas. Yeah. But um, it's funny to see him now and I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, you know, I, was, I, I still think he's great. You know, he doesn't have to do a lot, but when he shows up at, uh at great american bash 90 with the uh singlet that's um, sorry bud yeah great manager too yeah i i i really like him with vader and luke luger i thought was great i think they completely missed the boat with that yeah um but with vader he was no great he was too. great with you know what he was he was kind of like uh he was almost like a like a proto paul Heyman when he was with vader where it's like yep. he's just standing behind and letting this monster do all the work Yep. You know, he didn't need any. He didn't need to do. Oh, that one was in the nose. Yeah. No, these are two guys that are. This is like a. I don't know. This might be. This might just be like a, a shoot only because they don't care. <laughs> yeah. Neither guy well, gives a shit. They're gonna make it look real. You know, they, um, like they talked to each other in the back, and they were like, "Let's just go out there and beat the shit out of each other for ten minutes." Yeah, they Ronnie Garvin, Greg Valentine, <laughs> it. You know. There's the pile driver. Like he hits that pile driver, and Haku's head definitely hits the mats. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, like Haku's dazed right there. And I do agree. I uh, whoever said it there, uh, Justin uh, mm -hmm. Haku did great as the king. Yes. Oh, is this Steve Riddle? Oh, might I think so? I hope so. Um, I think that. Uh, Haku did great things with that kingship. Yeah. Now, I will say the Macho King is is the peak of it. The uh de uh what's that? Peace out of resistance. Peace resistance. Yeah. 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 Um, I think what he did with that character was amazing. Yeah. But you know, you go through this summer, Haku being king, and then Duggan being king, mm -hmm. and then Savage being king. Mm -hmm. That was some really fun, fun stuff. Hey Steve. Hey Steve, how's it going? Steve's seen some of my fantasy booking stuff over on the place to be. It's just always kind of a fun it's been a fun hobby the last probably fifteen years because you know, I, I wrestled for a long time and then I busted my back up so I wasn't able to do it anymore. And um you know, it was just one of those things that it gave me that outlet, you know. It's like being uh it's like being a kid and playing with your wrestlers, you know, but now I just get to type them out. So, when you think of the Heenan family, if you could have five members of the Heenan family, who is your Heenan family? Am I picking of just the, the Heenan family? Only the Heenan family okay. members, but you All can right. pick five. Okay. I'm going to take... Oh, boy. I mean, I guess I'm going to go with Perfect, Haku, the Brain Busters, and... 
I'll go with Rude. And okay. I'm leaving off like Andre because by the time after '87, I mean, Andre had a, Andre was okay in '87 and '88, but '89 it's rough for him. And then you know, obviously he's out by ninety. Um, yeah. But I mean, I'm gonna go with Haku because I love Haku. Haku was my favorite. I mean, this, this guy seriously. If I if I ever get the chance, I haven't I haven't had the chance yet to meet him. But like, if I meet him, I may not. I'm gonna be starstruck, and I'm gonna be like, oh. yeah. But so if I were to play the same game, yeah, yeah, so yeah. like we were to do a draft and I couldn't pick anybody that you pick, yeah. um, Big John. Yeah, but that's not fair because I just took like the, I just took the. No, no, you didn't. You didn't take the ones I okay. wanted. Oh, okay. All right. So you're going to go with Stud. Stud, Bundy, yeah. Patera, okay. Orndorff. Yep. And I got to think of that last one. Like that, that last one is the one because Rude would have been. A good one, but if I have Orndorff, I don't need Rude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perfect would be a great one, but mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you took him already. Um, I do like, uh, I do like the Barbarian. Yeah, in that little run that he had, but I, he, that's too many big, big guys. I count Flair if you wanted Flair. Yeah, but if I have Flair, um, Orndorff doesn't mean as much. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because Orndorff is my ace. Yeah, all right, okay. If you're going with that way, because I'm thinking of it as like, I'm thinking of yep. it as like a flare can be with Luger, yep. and that you have like the muscle, which is Orndorff. Yep. But I get what you're saying that you want you want Orton as your showcase. Yeah, Orndorff is Orndorff's got to be my main guy. Okay. And then my power around him is huge. And maybe you know what? Maybe I don't need a fifth with that. You know. Patera and I love the team of Patera and Stud and Bundy and um, Orndorff and Stud. I, I I think they were so good. I love those teams and Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan as a tag team. <laughs> sign me up, Adonis. That was a yeah, good Adonis. One. He, a yeah, good Adonis choice. would be a good choice. Uh oh, missing link. What was yeah, I thinking? <laughs> Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> <I was> <laughs> Oh, the red rooster. Yeah, the rooster. Um, I love. I mean, not that I love it, but like you can see, you can see Harley's scar on his belly. Oh, well, yeah, Harley Race. <laughs> oh yeah, Harley, yeah, Harley Race. Thinking? Yeah, and and yeah, Race wouldn't have been the he wasn't the the main guy. And that's just it. Is in eighty six. So let's say I'm running that in eighty six, eighty seven. Yeah. Um, other than Patera being in jail, uh, you know, like all of those guys can have some value, especially against Hogan. My God, that's a murderer's row. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's a Saturday night's main event. Three years of main event. I was going to say, that's a Saturday night's main event. Every single, every single main event, like every one that you want to run, you can have him. Oh, wow. What a kick to the face. Holy shit. That's got, yeah, that's it. Oh, oh, no. You know what? Hercules. Oh, you want to go with Hercules? All right. Oh, so I'd have to, you know what? I'm going to take out, I'm going to take out Ken Patera yeah. and do Hercules. All right. I'll t- because Hercules was great in that role. Uh, but I like the team of Bundy and Stud more. Yeah. Haku always had a great. He, he, yes, he did. Everything, Steve, everything Haku did was fantastic. The guy's unbelievable. And he's legitimately the toughest guy in fucking wrestling. So, <laughs> yep. Now, um, there was a, 
uh, a tweet that came out earlier today that I, I watched. It was a like a 45 second clip of Haku and Barbarian versus Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho. You know, like, okay, who the heck thought that was going to be a match? Is that and then like, on top of it, was that like a Faces of Fear or was that like a. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's in Monday like, w, that's in my, all right, Nitro. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good oh, and sure so was... fun. And, and here's the thing about it we were talking about it with the Road Warriors earlier. Haku and Barb gave them everything that they needed to look legit. Oh, and these guys are maybe maybe 50 to 75 pounds lighter than them. Yeah. You know? Hey, if you guys haven't heard yet, WrestleMania 5, April 2nd. Fucking great WrestleMania. It is. For WrestleMania, like as we were saying earlier, it hadn't even really begun to be built yet. Yeah. Because they, yeah, they're marching towards... Oh, here's oh, the bad green screen. Oof. This is the uh, Buckman Street Barber right here. This is uh, yeah. so I have a the story I have is Brutus Beefcake one time played poker at my apartment when I lived in. Well, I hadn't moved in yet, but my brother was living in an apartment in Woburn, and uh, Brutus Beefcake was selling windows for New Pro at the time, and uh, he came and played poker. And my brother, who knows his younger brother is a massive wrestling fan, didn't call me to come over. <laughs> Because he knew that I would just bother Brutus Beefcake the entire time. Oh yeah. So what we said earlier, Brutus Beefcake is a is a great example of somebody that had a long term career, mm-hmm. and you just said it. He's selling fucking windows. Yeah. You know oh, he got like, he got arrested in Boston for it was like it, it, they thought it was anthrax and it was actually I think it was like cocaine or yeah. maybe heroin or something. But they thought he was working at the MBTA. I mean, which is just our, you know, tr- public transit. And yep. it's just like, what happened, you know? And yep. I mean, that's. And if you look at him today, my God, he looks like he just blew up, just bloated yeah. like crazy. Because yeah. there's a picture of him and Valentine. Oh, yeah. Him and Valentine recently getting together. Yeah. And Valentine, well, Valentine looks like an old lady. He still yep. looks, he still looks okay, you know? It's the bangs. Yeah. But he does look like. If anybody should have been the red rooster, it's Greg Valentine. Look at that hair. <laughs> I love it. I mean, he looks like a rooster right there, <laughs> right? Like huh. Red Rooster, Greg Valentine. <laughs> Greg Valentine. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he looks like an old woman now, but good for Greg Valentine still kicking around. Yep. You know? Yep. Good thing he's alive. Yep. He had enough hair issues when he died at Black. Oh, yeah. Now, look at these fucking guys. I mean, just built like a brick shit oh, yeah. house. Good dudes, good workers. Mm-hmm. You know. Although, I, I I think Barbarian, he he upgraded getting paired with Haku. No doubt about oh, yeah. it. But I I have nothing wrong with Warlord. I think he was, a, he was definitely a good mid-card guy, you know? Yeah. I actually think they missed out on the Warlord a little bit as a singles guy. Um, you know, he could have been somebody that had a little bit of a run, uh, but who knows? Karen and with Slick was just not, I don't think, a good idea. Mm-mm. Like He wasn't the right he, guy. He should have been, I hate to say he should have been a Bobby Heenan guy, but if anything, he should have been like a Jimmy Hart guy. You know, if you were going to have, yeah. if you were going to have somebody, you know, have it be Jimmy Hart, because um, I'm trying to think of who they had like in 90s. Well, you just said it. It's it's Fuji. It's Jimmy. Um, Heenan and Slick. Yep. And 
You're not going to put him. I mean, you, you, I guess you could. No, it would be stupid for him to go with Heenan as well, and then have Heenan split them up and have them yeah. do those two goofy, yeah. you know, costumes. So I mean, you got to give him with somebody else. So here's the question: Do you remember who brought him into the NWA? And in, I believe '88. You mean the WWF? No, uh, no, who not brought 88. them into the NWA in '87. No, who, who managed Warlord, bringing him in? Uh, to the NW, it might have been 86, 87, whenever he started to debut. Was it Gary Hart, it was precious. Okay, really, yeah. And so he would come out with her, and he was just wearing tights. Um, and I mean, his physique was legit, mm. and uh, it was interesting to see him in that role as a singles competitor back then, yep. yeah, because Barb was with Paul Jones, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Perfect. What a stud. Uh, it's funny, too, because I think, like, it, when you look at guys like Warlord and Barbarian like and Haku, too, those guys still look like they can go. You ever, watch, you ever watching, like, football and you watch, like, some of the commentators and, like, you see, like, you know, you see, like, Dan Marino and you're like, Jesus, Dan Marino looks like he can still go out there and throw five five touchdowns. Yeah. I feel like, and he probably, oh, like, in today's day and age, he could probably throw, like, eight. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, some of those guys, some of these guys that when they retire – and maybe Michael it's, Strahan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Michael Strahan tomorrow could probably go and yeah, at least he'd be an all pro. Maybe Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis yes. could still go. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm even thinking guys like like Shannon Shop. Like he could still yeah. go out there. A lot of those football guys, well, I think, could go out there. Shannon almost beat the shit out of uh, a <laughs> Kit Bayless today. Well, with this a valid reason, right? <laughs> oh my God. I oh he should have. <laughs> Skip is such an ass. I can't. I I I liked back in the day with him and uh, who was that guy that was on there? Is it Woody? You remember like way back when when they were on like cold pizza? Do you remember who I'm talking about? No, I don't. But let me. Oh my gosh, cold pizza was the show that started Skip Bayless. Cold pizza on this whole like thing, and then. Um, was it Woody? Somebody out there in television land should be able to help me. Woody Page. Um, yeah, Woody yeah, Page. Yeah, Woody Page, yeah. So him and Woody Page would go back and forth, and that's evolved into what him and Shannon is. No. Um, and I liked it okay back then because Woody would argue with him a good bit. Um, but anymore, he's just attention. Look at me. Look at yeah. me. Look at me. Well, Stephen A's the same Well, way. and that's what that whole you know, his whole comment there about the game and that's what that all is. It's like, I mean, yeah. come on guy, you know, I mean, well, uh, the other one I really like is the guy on ESPN radio. Um, oh, the linebacker he's on, uh, Barton Han, Bart Scott. Mm. And he came out and like blamed T Higgins today. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? I have a heart condition. There's nobody that, initiates my heart condition other than my fucking body that's just why did why does t higgins have to live with that the rest of his no. life if you're going to throw that on well, him? that's garbage that's because like you said it's part of it is just people you know yeah how can i get more people to think about right me? and that's just that sucks it sucks yeah Anyways, I mean it's be- here's here's a Heenan family right here, yeah, brother. I, I, Six man tag. Nobody's beating these no. guys. Tully. Uh, Tully. 
tell he got some war wounds on his back there, it looks like. <laughs> Except for it's 29 other than yourself. Yeah. 27 other than the three of you. <laughs> Andre. I love Andre. <laughs> I only dog cuddle. He's going to stay in the middle of the ring. Not the side, but no. the middle. Oh, there he is. Oh, here he is, brother. I made a movie, and I got off the roids a little bit, but I look amazing now. Yeah, I know. His 89 physique, I think, is probably his best ever. Yeah, because he was he was off a little bit. Not a lot, though. You could tell he was working out a lot, you know? Yep. He had the, oh. he had the tan down pat. Yep. I wonder if they had to impose some hair up there. <laughs> Did you ever hear that story, what uh, Bruce Pritchard said? They'd spend, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, superimposing hair on Hogan? Just to put hair on Hogan. It's nuts. And he was talking about doing all the production on it and stuff like that. He said it was, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> like, superimposing or actually, like, yeah, not, like, like, not, going actually, back like and... not actually, like, putting weaves on them or anything, right? No. Now superimposing hair on the video of Hogan. Like what they do now to get rid of the WWF. Yeah. He's doing that shit for Hulk Hogan's hair. In the 80s. What an asshole. When it wasn't that easy. Yeah. What an asshole. Who cares? Yeah. Every friggin' wrestler is bald. Yeah, you know, Andre the Giant, he's amazing to be alive right now, isn't mm. he? He died pretty much right after WrestleMania 3. Fucking Hogan. What a turd. <laughs> Uh, how many careers have been never started or ended too early because of this man? <laughs> well, I was thinking about that earlier. You know, <sighs> my favorite, my favorite story, and I and I know you got to take it with a grain of salt because it's it's a wrestler telling a story, but um, is Jake and Jake talking about how you know when he DDTs Hogan and everybody's chanting DDT GDT and like nobody was chanting for Hogan. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just like, and then Vince going like, sorry, brother, we can't do it, you know? And just thinking like, you know, Hogan went back there and he's like, this isn't going to work for me. Yeah. Same thing with Savage. Like, poor Savage. Remember how, how much juice Savage was on just to look like the same size as Hogan, like at SummerSlam? Yep. yep. He looks amazing, too. He looks great, but it's yeah. like, you know, he was he was too short to have all that muscle, yep. you know? I mean, he was trying to look the same size as Hogan, and Hogan's probably what, like, what, five inches taller than him? At least. Yeah. At least. Oh, so one thing that we should talk about here. So this is the WWF in Houston mm. for the first time for a big main event like this. Now yep. they had run the small shows. Bruce Pritchard yep. uh, was on commentary with Mike McGurk. Yep. Um, and Pete Doherty, and, the Duke of Thornton. Yep. And, the Duke. Era. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to think like this is, this is kind of, this, there's a lot of history on this event that people don't really yeah. give a lot of credence for. Mm-hmm. So a bit of a homecoming for uh, Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so here's the question. When you go and you look at that roster of the 30, how many guys could actually win? 
This one, it could have been anybody. Except for, like, the tag team guys, I think. Um, I mean, because I think you're going to do... Obviously, you're going to do the whole Mega Powers tease. Um, I mean, they could have easily had Hogan win it just because. Um, but I don't think they knew what they wanted to do just yet with this match. So that's why it was. That's why it ended up going to a guy they were hoping to give a little push, which was stud. Yep. Uh, but I mean, really, you could have had, you could have had anybody. You could have had Andre, you know, because just because yep. Andre was so known for winning battle royals, and you know, he had, he was the sole survivor, or he was he was the sole survivor at the at the eighty eighty seven. So I mean, you could have had that kind of that set that precedent. Um, but I mean, it could have been. Well, I'm looking at the list right now. I mean, well, yeah, DiBiase is my number one. Yeah, DiBiase's probably. Yeah, DiBiase would have been number one, especially since he comes yeah. in where he comes in. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe just like I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe the boss man, but I mean that's a stretch. Yeah, I would say maybe even just because. And this is fresh in my mind because we've been talking about it, but like the Hercules face turn mm-hmm. where it's like Hercules was was definitely not on the same level as DiBiase, which was yep. why it was weird that like that's who he ends up getting paired with for a little while. And then there yep. really is no blow off to that feud where it makes it makes. Yeah, like it doesn't. <laughs> that's a good Hercules um, yep. where it doesn't make him look any better than he was when he turned and yep. and this would have been something that i think it would have been a good um it would have been a good thing you know this is the first great moment in rumble history it absolutely is who's that there's roma oh, nice this one no steve you're right this is the first we should note. we should make note of that that this is the first great moment having not only having a tag team but the tag champs okay so here's the follow-up how many times did something like this happen Again, do you know the answer? I, I I can name okay. I can name them up to probably um, two thousand. All right, uh, all right, go ahead. So ninety one uh, or ninety, not so much. Ninety one, not so much. Ninety two, um, not so much. Ninety three, um, ninety three, not so much. Uh, ninety four is when you get the Steiners in there together for a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the Hardy Boys is the other one um, in like 2000, is that 2001 or two? Mm-hmm. And then the other one is um, in 2000 when we have Rikishi in there with Too Cool. Yeah. 2001, um, yeah, Steve saying 01 was the Hardys. Yeah, yeah the ri- yep. Yeah, that was that was good. Now, see, I like this, that he goes over the ropes and he comes right back in and he's like, see, I love this. And and the thing that I like most about this is that it didn't lead to anything. And that's what I yeah. like is that it didn't lead to like a blow up of, of, demolition, of demolition or anything. Yeah. Like it was just like, you know what? We're just going to go out there. We're two big, you know, big, big beasts. We're just going to beat up. By each... God, I fucking love demolition so much. Well, here we go. This, this to me was the best. Oh yeah. This was, right this here. was a great entrance right here. Absolutely. Just because knowing, knowing what was going to happen in the course of 89, Yep. Leading to next year, you know. And it's funny at ninety, at Rumble ninety, Andre's the tag champ. <laughs> yeah, and he gets eliminated by demolition. Yeah. Um. 
I just, I, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched this. <laughs> yeah, no, this is. I could probably there. There's only one show that I've watched more than this, and it's Starcade 1991. <laughs> I can tell you, uh, every single wrestler that's on that show, and in what or in what tag team they were. Yeah, in. that's the one, the Battle Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah, and I I love Battle Bowl. God, I loved it. And when it became its own thing, I thought it was great too. And you're right, Steve. Demolition is over like Rover, um, as they, they say. I don't know. Biggest mistake ever <clears throat> turning them heel in '90. It was the dumbest thing they ever. It was the dumbest move. So, yeah, I saw. I I heard some talk about that, and um, somebody had said that the the Heart Foundation could have turned here or the Rockers. I actually think the Rockers turning heel. Would have been pretty good. Now, obviously, if we fast forward the whole issue with Marty and breakup and blah blah blah, yeah. like that's a whole nother thing. But um, a heel rockers team mm. against a babyface heart team, mm-hmm. sign me up. Sign me up. I, all week. I think Kevin just to. I think even if you had SummerSlam, ninety is a face demolition against a face heart. I think that would yeah. work. I. I just don't know at what point that they decided they're no I'll tell they're you. no longer over. Well, I'll tell you when it was. You know when? When Hawk and Animal signed on the dotted line. I know, but well, I'm just saying, like, I don't know when the fans yeah. turned on them. It must have just been that uh, with Crush. That, yeah, that garbage with Crush. Now look at this future future Heenan family member. Yep. Future Heenan family leader in there with yeah. his tag team. From the ninety Survivor Series. <laughs> yep. Um, I actually, I, I really like that that trimmed down, um, barbarian Haku, perfect, uh, Heenan family. I, yeah. I, I, I think that sometimes less is more, yeah. and that was an instance where it was like, hey, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. Sure. Because it's like he kind of had he had his champion with perfect. Yep. And then he had his tag team with Barbarian and Haku, and they could still go one on one with anybody. But yep. you know, yeah, perfect. He does yeah. look different without the singlet. He does. Yeah, and he's got a real full on mullet here, which is. <laughs> well, I also like too because, like I said, we've been watching '88, and we've been seeing like the perfect vignettes, and he's so positive. Like he's like, "Hey, everybody, it's Mister Perfect. I'm here yeah. to do a." I'm here to play golf today and I'm going to show you what it's like to hit a hole in one or something. And, yep. and it's just really funny because I said, it's before any of the, uh, the, the cynicism and just the, the, the badness yep. entered his body from being in this company. Oh my God. <laughs> like he was so, and that's, he's so you know, positive when he first comes question. in. Did he actually need to get juiced up or not? You know, like he looks I think, fine I right think here. It, he's a product of the product. Though. Yeah. You know, he looks like he can beat Hulk Hogan possibly mm-hmm. in ninety or eighty nine at the end when he's juiced up. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you know, I always like to look at like what a what a difference a year makes. Mm-hmm. Think about the year that Perfect has from now until ninety. Where he's the last one. He becomes number one. thirty yeah. when he becomes a legitimate. I might win this thing, yeah. or I should have won yeah. this thing. Yeah. You know, I'm beating Hulk Hogan in in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. You know, like what a year, what a year. If they didn't want, Maybe. if they didn't want to go the road of having him win the the Intercontinental Belt in '90, he could have easily had been the guy to go up against Warrior 
instead of like rude right out the gate. Yep. Um, and I think like a SummerSlam 90 match between him and Warrior in a cage, not in a cage, whatever, I think would have been yep. probably better for the company because, yep. um, I mean, he's the kind of guy he could work with a broomstick for an hour and it would be entertaining. Yeah. There's not many guys out there that are like that. I think he's like that. Flair's like that. Um, I think uh, Steamboat. Steamboat. I'd even say Steamboat. I actually think Terry Funk is probably in that discussion a lot more than people give him credit Terry for. Terry Funk has probably actually wrestled a broomstick for an hour yeah. and some some yeah. venue somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. A, a, he was in a he was in a handicap tag against a broomstick and a chair and he still did fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh so let's let's do that. Let's kind of you know let's compare what 89 looks like compared to 90 for these guys. Now going backwards would be really interesting, especially with Mr. Garvin, Mm -hmm. you know, 88 for Ronnie Garvin looks a lot different. Um, But, you know, in 90, he's nothing, you know, 87. He's the world champ. Exactly. (laughs) The most bizarre world champion ever in NWA history. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, 90, well, ninety, he, he fights Valentine he, on that show, yeah. yeah. And that's the, I mean, he's at the tail end of, yeah, he's uh, relevant. Yeah, because in ninety, he's starting to do like the Jobber of the Stars tag team. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, which is always really funny to watch because, like, they'll beat up the other guy a lot, but then when they get in there with Ronnie, he like actually gives him a little. <laughs> yeah, and then he tags out, and then the other guy gets pinned. Um, I mean. Andre, we know where Andre's at. Andre's at the yep. end of his rope. Um, Demolition, obviously, they're still the tag champs. Greg Valentine's mixing it up with Ronnie. God, it's funny the same guys are in yep. the same guys in in the ring yep. right now are the guys fighting each other in ninety. <laughs> Isn't that funny to watch wrestling in that scope? Mm. Like looking at what happens. Uh, yeah, you know, somebody somebody like put out a thing earlier today. It was like comparing. Uh, two instances and not really understanding what time is all about. Like mm-hmm. the last public hanging was in 1976, which is when star Wars was released. Yeah. You know, like uh, the pyramids were built when there was woolly mammoth, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like it's crazy stuff, you know? Yeah. But obviously the scope of wrestling is a little bit smaller. Well, how about this? This is interesting, right? So um, I, I was going down a rabbit hole of, uh, of tonight show clips on YouTube where Don Rickles is out there mixing it up with like Johnny Carson and everybody. And Mm -hmm. I'm watching one where it was Johnny's like 11th year. It was like his, his 12th anniversary show or his 11th anniversary show or something. And they were kind of making a big deal about how Johnny Carson had hosted the tonight show for like 11 years. And it was like this big to do that. He was 11 years, 11 years, 11 years. And then I thought about it and I went, Jimmy Fallon's been hosting the Tonight Show for a while, and I looked, and he's been hosting the Tonight Show for ten years. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, well, like this is, um, well, ten seasons, I guess, and this will be, you know, he's going into his tenth season or whatever. And I'm just like, it seems like yesterday that friggin' Jimmy Fallon was still on Saturday Night Live, and yep. I think that I got into this conversation with um, with Pete the other day about how wrestling is the same thing. Like when you look back and you think of Hogan's run. It's really only what six years, seven years, maybe that he's really yeah. on top. And then you look at a guy like Cena, who was on top for a decade, if not twenty-two. Yeah, 
you know, I mean, he got over in 20 or 2004. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's really only been like the last, what, three or four years that he hasn't really been around. I mean, so you're, I mean, he still, yeah, comes out over a, he still comes out and he over gets a, a main event pop, yeah. you know, but, over a decade, you know, close to 15 years. Well, even friggin' Roman Reigns is getting to the, getting up there now with like, you know, his, his length of time that he's been on top and yeah, it's just, yeah. Time is just crazy to think of where, you know, we think of it as so long ago, but it's not, you know, and it's so fast. Mm-hmm. So fast. Time moves really fast. Yeah. Everything is interstellar mm-hmm. <laughs> or light. Years, yes. Depending on your film knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Interstellar. I, I I still get confused at the end of that movie, but I love it. Not the very end. The very end, I understand. It's the the part inside the box there, inside the Tesseract or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Still a great movie, though. Yeah. So Jake Roberts in 1990 has a pretty good showing. I was going to ask when we were doing this, like, which top-tier WWF superstar had the weakest showings in Royal Rumbles? And... Jake is at the top of that list for me. Like he, his rumble relevancy is big. Like, Oh, here comes Jake Roberts, you know, like big time. But then like, he doesn't do anything. No. Except for eliminate Andre here. I guess. Well, that's the thing is that he, he did the same thing with, um, what well, was, I think a battle Royal with earthquake. Yep. Where he just gets the yeah, same 1991. That's a great yeah. battle Royal yeah. Saturday night's main event. Yeah. And he does the same thing here. He gets eliminated by Andre, and then he immediately comes back in with the snake. I mean, it's cool because it got it got rid of Andre without. I guess you're not. I mean, you don't really need to protect Andre, but it yeah it gives you a chance to protect Andre, and yeah. you know. Well, so I was going to say of the thirty guys in this one, I believe Ron Bass and Ron Garvin must be the name are the only ones that I actually don't have a character for. <laughs> A figure. Ron Bass looks like he's he's done finally with his beefcake feud because he's all, he's got no freaking hair left. <laughs> nope. Beefcake shaved it all. Um, is Ronnie Gobbins? No, Ronnie Gobbins gone now. Yeah, so yeah. we're in there with Valentine, Perfect, Andre, Ron Bass, and is Axe the? Uh... Yeah, he shaved it. I, I believe it was a January Saturday Night's main event, if I believe right. Is that the one where? Um... Is that the one where Savage fights Akeem? I believe so. And then that's when, like, or is that the one where Hogan fights Akeem or fights the boss man and Savage is in the back, like, watching the camera? Hogan fights Akeem and then the boss man gets in there. And, but Savage is in the back because he's yeah, like, well, yeah. He well, and then he only, and then he finally that. comes out when Elizabeth gets involved. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. So where was Ron Bass at at the 89 Survivor Series? Oh, no, he's not in it. Never mind. No. He's in 88. Yep. I do sometimes mix these years up. I mean, because I, I've watched them so many times and, like, it, it's so fun. You know, 88, 89, 90, like, those are my favorite mm-hmm. WWF years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sometimes I'll mix some of that up. But yeah. I was like, Ron Bass isn't in the 89 Survivor Series. No. Oh, here comes Rocker. Rocker, yeah, man. Put some black tights on Michaels. Have them slick their hair up a little sure, bit more. Absolutely. Remember that magazine shoot they did with the leather coats? Like mm-hmm. heel rockers could have been some money. 
proved you wrong, Gorilla. It's funny because, you know, we're sitting here talking and I know exactly what's going on in the background of this because I watched it so many times. Yeah. And like Jesse, excuse me, Jesse Ventura's commentary is something yeah. that I, I remember fondly. You're right, Steve. He was very excited to get uh, get that over on Gorilla. Mm-hmm. Oh, and perfect maybe the all timer on uh, close elimination. Yeah, yeah. I'd take perfect over Kofi. Kingston. Sure, absolutely. Well, Kofi last year was so sad. I- I'm kind of looking forward yeah. to see if he redeems himself this year. But I also wasn't it like a mistake. It was. It was. Yeah, he botched it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he tried something. Because he tries to one up himself every year. Yeah. And it's like, you know... Babe Ruth trying to hit more home yeah. runs off Babe Ruth than Babe Ruth. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, and I, I... like Honestly, I thought one of the coolest things I thought was when Kofi, like, he went out and he was on his hands and he did the handstand and then he just, yep. like, walked on his hands back to the... Like, that was simplicity. That was great. Simplicity, man. Be simple. You know? It's like Shawn Michaels with the one foot. It's just like, be simple. Yep. It doesn't need to be... I mean, Jesus, look at how many people pop for Ricky Steamboat when he would skin the cat. Like, oh my it doesn't God. have to yeah. be, it doesn't have to be crazy, you know? Steamboat, never in a Royal Rumble? Mm, I don't think so. No. <laughs> oh, boy. No, Steamboat wasn't, yeah. It shouldn't have been yeah, done by Naomi. Naomi yeah, you're, you're right, Justin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the spots now, it's starting to, like, that's the thing is, you know, and Michael Cole, you got to be kidding me. Like, it's just, it's, yeah. it's too, it's way too formulaic now. Yep. Well, so much of it is. Uh, I guess that's the interesting thing about this rumble is it's, it's three parts. Yeah. We, we just got done with part number one. Yeah. Andre is out. Yeah. It's the first part. It's over. Yep. Now, uh, now it's, you're gonna get honky tonk. Yeah, it's the middle. It's the out. middle part now, where it's like yeah. this is and, like the drag. It's gonna be the Hogan and Savage. Yeah. Hogan and Savage part. Yeah. Yeah, because now yeah, you get honky Tito. Well, I don't need to spoil it for everybody. Who had? Yeah. <laughs> if there's anybody on here that hasn't watched this before, no, there is no Lanny. Lanny was not allowed to come to this because his uh, his cock wouldn't make it outside the end of the ring. Well, there's no referees or no um, no managers at ringside, Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> Although I love that the next year. Yeah. I love the managers out there. Because yeah. uh, what's it when um, – oh, is it uh, – somebody eliminates a, a Fuji guy mm. and Heenan's over there and Fuji like raises the cane back like he's going to hit him. <laughs> I, I I always anyone who has never seen the show isn't a true fan. You are correct, Steve. True story. Um, I was I, I just love my favorite Lanny Poffo story is, and I don't even know if it's true. I've heard it a couple times, but it's he's it's at the time when he's fighting Hogan, so he's the genius and he's fighting Hogan and everything. And one of the things Lanny apparently liked to do to entertain the boys in the back is he would um, self fillet himself and. <laughs> Hogan walks in the dressing room and he sees he sees this going on and he just looks at whoever it was and he goes, and I'm pushing this guy. 
And I just think it's like the stupidest story. And yep. God, if it's true. <laughs> Look at this. Perfect. Mixing it up with Honky Tonk Man. I did that. <laughs> Gorilla didn't think that we'd see that. Yep. Uh, you know, the Bushwhackers are an interesting combination. You know, they're kind of fresh on the scene here in 89. Uh, <laughs> Peter's fantasy booking the genius as the WWF champion. Yep. That makes a lot of Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. He wanted like a 15 year run. He said, he, he goes, we should have had like a 15 year run. <laughs> I've seen this one. I was making a note to Valentine pointing at the snake and Lady wasn't out there in reference to his enormous dong. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes things work out. Together. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Valentine still in there. I'm trying to think like I always like to like looking at the rumbles to see who the who the ring general was that was out there giving like the uh the notes from out back from, from yep. like Pat Patterson. Man, look at that. Henning is a hell of a performer. Mm-hmm. In hockey, you know, a lot of people shit on hockey, but that dude played his role to a T. Yeah. Even outside of the ring. <laughs> so I one of the shows I had done uh, recently was we did the Multiverse of Fabulousness and um, on the North-South Connection, and we booked a our, disme- our December to Dismember, which is we purposely booked the worst pay-per-view of all time. And the, the gimmick was is that it was the Secret Wars, so we could pull any wrestler from any time period ever. And so mm-hmm. one of the matches I booked was, uh, it was 89 Honky Tonk Man versus, I think it's 2011 Jerry Lawler. It's the one where he fights the WrestleMania match. And it's just, you know, and we got into the discussion about, Johnny C and I got into the discussion about whether or not, um, who we would rather hang out with in real life, uh, Honky Tonk Man or Jerry Lawler. And I was like, well, I go, Honky Tonk Man's a dick, but Jerry Lawler's like a scumbag, and I probably would yeah. rather hang out with a dick than a scumbag. <laughs> and and uh, he's going to drink with you and hang out, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Honky Tonk Man would probably have a good time. You yeah, just got to make sure I'm, you just, you got to watch your wallet because he'll probably steal I it. I listened to a couple of those shoot interviews. Yeah. Um, if you ever seen the one with him and Raven mm. where they're going through the myths of wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mark, he hit story. Oh, Marty Janetti comes knocking on my door. Hey, man, you got any of that bills? <laughs> yeah, the dude's trying to get off liquor and you're sitting there giving him a bottle of fucking whiskey. What a turd. And, and when it comes to like, when it comes to people, I, there's like two guys I tend to believe all the time. Like, I always believed, I always believed uh, Bad News Brown because <laughs> I just don't think he would lie about shit. Why, why would he yeah. lie? And, you know, I kind of don't necessarily disagree with a lot of what Honky says. <laughs> like, I feel like he's another guy that just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, speaking of bad news. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, the other thing about Honky is like, he's burnt his bridges. He doesn't give a shit. No. You know, um, and then there's some guys like a Hogan that you can't believe. No, Hogan. Hogan's here. I wouldn't even believe him if he told me what day of the week. Hogan has said on multiple occasions, multiple occasions, that he was supposed to be the bassist for Metallica. Like, 
And then he's made the claim that he was Elvis's favorite professional wrestler. When, like, if there was ever a professional wrestler that Elvis probably loved, it was probably Jerry Lawler, and that's it. Yep. <laughs> like, um, no, Hogan, Hogan's, yeah, Hogan's only out for Hogan. I think it's interesting if you go back to his case where he talked about the Hulk Hogan character. Yeah, he probably should have played for the Mets. Um, when he talked about the or Hulk Hogan character compared to Terry Bollea yeah. and, yeah. like, how they're not the same, you know, no. and it's like, but man, you live your life with both of those things going on at the same time, sure. but you're, you only show one, but I guess that's gotta be tough though. Yeah. I'm surprised Pat that's Patterson. Tough. I'm surprised in either 2000, like 99, 2000 or 2001, when they were like at the height yeah. of their stooges that they never let Pat in the rumble. He probably never wanted to. Though I bet you, yeah. I bet you, he was like like how Vince doesn't want to be talked about at the at the uh, Hall of Fame. I bet you he feel Pat felt the same way. Like I don't need to be in this match. Like everybody in the business knows that this is my creation, and you know, I mean, creation. I guess is a yeah. No, it's his. It, he, and I, I don't think, and maybe his uh, his perfection, if you yeah. will. <laughs> well, because I mean, know, it's it's essentially definitely... a modified battle royal, but yeah. And there's a lot. Let's talk about Houston. Mm -hmm. They were doing two ring battle royals, you know, like they were doing a lot of innovative stuff. Yeah. So. But this is, I mean, to add the extra level of drama by having this be like a timed, you know, because you can tell you can tell stories in the ring. Just by having who you're going to put out there. You know, yep. I mean, I I always love wrestlers looking for spots. Look at Marty over there; he's waiting on Sean to get over there so they can do their spot. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's like not quite Sid Vicious as, no. but <laughs> well, it's like I always I love calling back to the '92 Rumble when you know for the what four or five wrestlers that Jake was in before Savage, it was like every time the buzzer rang, Jake looked just to see who was coming. And then the one time Savage comes, he slides out underneath the ring and he goes out and he's like on the out on the outside, like hiding. Yeah. And it's just to me like that's just perfect storytelling. Well, here's a funny thing. You do the year comparison in ninety one, Rick Martel was doing that with him. Yes. You know, like mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. And Savage no showed the ninety one because he was running away from the warrior. That's right. Which and I loved how when uh, who's it that comes out thirtieth for that year? In which one? In ninety uh, one. Warlord or Tugboat? One of the two. Yeah, I think it was Tugboat, and everybody's booing Tugboat, and it's just they're booing him because they're like, "Where the fuck is Savage? <laughs> like, yeah. how do you not have Savage?" <laughs> oh, I love the Chico oh, yeah. and uh, selling selling tacos in Tijuana. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, some great, great stuff. Tito seems like another guy that would be fun to sit down and talk with. Sure. Had a great career. Yeah. Remember somebody getting in an argument about the AWF in 1995 and whether or not people would pay money, excuse oh, me, pay money to come watch uh, Tito Santana <laughs> I, as a draw. Absolutely. <laughs> I think so. Um, he doesn't take his sunglasses off. Nor, Thank you, uh, Steve, the body riddle. Nor should he. And those are some slick fucking tights. Yeah. 
I love he's going after bad news because this is who he was. That's such a good. This is who he was fighting. Yeah. Oh, did they deserve a payoff? I don't know. I I don't know. I I have a problem with. I have a problem with. I have a problem with the savage heel turn at five, just because I think they could have gotten a lot more out of Savage and Hogan if you were going to go for a heel turn, and I think that they could have done. You're not going to end WrestleMania that way. I mean, at least not in '89. But I mean, yeah. if they had done some kind of a some kind of a screwy finish where Savage doesn't lose the title, and you know, he's still the champion and it's still this ongoing feud where, you know, maybe him and Hogan are running the circuit now. And then, and then the blow off is at SummerSlam. I just feel like they got, they had so much more, they could have gotten so much more mileage out of Savage being a champion, a heel champ, you know, Mm -hmm. having this feud with Hogan, maybe throwing in some house matches against warrior, you know, especially after warrior loses his title to rude and stuff like that. And you just, I don't know. But yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, that's the thing is that the house shows were dictating so much. And... I just don't know how you. I don't know how you blow. I don't know how you end that match at five and not have Savage losing. Yeah, well, it's WrestleMania we'll losing there's... the title. Hogan must pose. Yeah, right. Gorilla's so amazed that Butch is still there. Yeah, yeah, Butch is. All right, I think we got Arn Anderson or Tully Blanchard. Yeah, oh, the original enforcer. Man, his son looks like him, don't he? Mm. And this was a damn good feud. These guys seem like they feuded the entire time that they were in the WWE. Yeah. Uh, look at super perfect. It does, it's not. It's not as sweet as it will. be. No, but these uh, these two teams too are perfect for each other. Yeah. You know. Now look at that there. That's interesting. Because mm-hmm. what um, is is the story that Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels brawling with Arn and Tully is that what caused the back issue? Is that the story of that, or is, am I crazy there? I don't know. I I want to say that's I, that's what I had always heard was that it was something around that time. And then when Luger hits him with a chair or something like that in 96, that's when it goes real South real fast. Mm. And he has to kind of give up. I just thought it was, I thought it was like wear and tear up until that point. And then it was an injury. And then the injury was like the kind of like the, it could have been that it could have been. I think Arn said he took a victory roll the wrong way. Yes. There it was. Hmm. And it was like something simple and easy, and it just didn't didn't go. Well. I mean, it's like watching that match with with uh, Dynamite Kid, and you. Oh yeah, the knee to the and back. You go, what the hell happened? Yeah. Like it didn't even look like it was that bad. Like that was the yeah. that was that Bret Hart Memorial spot right there. <laughs> he would get mad at them. Of course he would. Well, I'm sure on the house shows they probably closed the night. Well, that's the other thing. Like, what did did Flair say in that Horseman interview or the Horseman DVD? Like, if uh, if uh, if they were on the card, Hogan would be the first match. Yeah, or some stupid shit like yeah. that. Like Hulk Hogan would have been nothing if the Horsemen were in the WWF. That's such bullshit. Yeah, no, 
No, I know, I know he's not fucking. <laughs> Justin's throwing, Justin's literally throwing every friggin' <laughs> everything that Pete and I talk about on on GFA Live. <laughs> he's got the, he's not fucking dead when we talk about the Bret Hart Memorial. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. I know he's not dead. No, I think I'm gonna meet Brett. I'm gonna go down to that. They're having that. Uh, there's that big like thing going on in like New Jersey in uh, May, and it's like they're gonna have everybody there. It's like it's like a it's not a wrestle fest. I forget what it's called, but it's um it's in like Morristown, and they're having like everybody is going to this stupid thing, and like Brett's the headlining guy, and uh, I am absolutely going. <laughs> It's uh yeah, 80 it's WrestleCon 4, 80s WrestleCon 4. I'll give it a shout out. It's at the Menin Sports Arena down in uh, I think it's Morris. I want to say it's Morristown. You're right. Arn Anderson did have the best spinebuster. Absolutely. Uh Ron Simmons not far behind, but Arn, still behind. Arns is great. Arns is great because he follows down with the guy yeah. whereas like I think like Ron Simmons' Spinebusters like is kind of like Kevin Nash's jackknife. Survive if I let you. Yeah. Just boom. He just lets them go. Whereas like the Sid powerbomb, the Vader powerbomb, like those guys brought them down. Arn was just Watch like, this. Watch this here with Tully. Tully is gonna hang on by his shoestrings. Look at Marty here doing it. Mm-hmm. And there's Tully. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, here he comes, brother. Here he comes, brother. Yeah, Ron Simmons is way more stiff. Ron Simmons was definitely just a... He picked the guy up and threw him like a fastball. <laughs> Ron Simmons is unfuckwithable, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, now, he, I listened to that uh, Broken Skull mm. um, session with Ron. He talks a lot different than I thought he would. Mm. You know, he, he just voice sounds different. But um, what a guy. I mean, you know, he... He's definitely transcendent in the world of pro wrestling because of all the amazing things that he did and mm-hmm. such a great performer. Mm-hmm. I love the Doom versus Flair and Anderson tag team match. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a good one. And then their street fight with Wyndham. Um, I just I'm all for that stuff. Look at Hogan. Hogan was always such a fucking cheating bastard. I feel like I I just saw Bad News do like a uh what's that like a Uranagi lock or whatever, like that that kind of like reverse chin lock sleeper hold or whatever. And uh, I don't know if it's called a urinagi. I think I just made that word up, but uh, I just like that. He did it to Hogan. Cause I'm like, I'm like bad news is a legit fighter. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I bet you, and I bet you, he took this opportunity to freaking throw a couple licks into to that piece. Just of let shit. Hogan know <laughs> like, and he's, you know, that, that story of him challenging Andre. Oh like, yeah. And Andre, ba- and Andre backing down. That's yep. the cool thing is, and then Andre like apologizing him to like to him the next day, like yep. that's just huge. Like, you know, it didn't happen all the time. No, because <laughs> and every single person said like Andre, Andre went in there with you, and if he didn't agree with what you, if he didn't like you, or if he didn't want to work with you, he let you know. He let yep. you know it because he legit could, and that's why it's so funny that a guy like that, you could tell like. Who do you want to not get into a fight with? I would say either Haku or Bad News. <laughs> like, well, and that's the thing, right? Like, the, the I don't think Bad News gets nearly enough credit for being, being badass. A, yeah, yeah, and he should. 
And he is he's as real as they come. <laughs> the bushwhackers, the brain busters, the mega powers, and bad news. <laughs> That's yep. who's in the ring right now. Oh god. Nineteen eighty nine, brother. This is nice Main event anywhere in the country. Anywhere in the country. <laughs> so we got Oh geez, we still got one. We still got eleven people to go. Yep. So we're nearing uh nearing the end of phase two. Yes. At uh Mark or what's it, Mark Gable? Yeah. <laughs> the pines at Mark Gable. <laughs> the, pine, the pines at Mark Gable. <laughs> I love Seinfeld. Yeah. I actually once wrote a trivia for Seinfeld. It was like sixty questions. Oh yeah. And the guy read the questions, got mad at me because they were too hard. <laughs> so I dumbed them all down and then got mad because I dumbed them down like super big and got mad at me because when he did the show, people got mad at him because the questions were too hard. <laughs> Please tell me you have that original, the original list, the original trivia somewhere. I I do have the list somewhere. And I also have uh, Seinfeld seen it that I've only got to play one time. Because the people I played with, they thought that they were going to like, oh, we're going to beat them. It, it, they like quit. I, I tap out. Like, I'm, I was awkwardly good at hmm. it. Jeez, I, no. I wonder if I'm... Hmm. I wonder, I wonder if we could play Seen It. Oh, that would be fun. Like, even just if it's on like a Zoom or a, you know, a Skype or something. Oh, yeah. Like, I would totally do... I would... I probably would be that if you have that, if you can find that trivia, the hard one, the hard version, send that to me. I'd love to see it. The, the trivia questions yeah. I created. Yeah. Well, I'll ask you the toughest question that, that I, that I had on. There. Okay. Um, what does Elaine's fake phone number spell out? Elaine's fake phone number. Yep. What does it spell out? Oh, so it doesn't, it's not like Kramer having Filk. It's supposed to be like, you have to know the numbers and then know what it spells. Uh, the So in reference to the show, she says, she she makes it clear that she gives out this number because it spells out this. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. That's a tough question. That's the toughest one I, I found. What does it spell out? No, Elaine. And then Jerry says, well, there's an extra E at the end. And she goes, that's for EU. What? What? <laughs> it's on the uh, denim coat episode. Yeah. Uh, when did she say that in the denim coat? She says it right in the beginning. Oh, I'll have to look at that next time it's on. That's so funny. Oh, I love that. Oh, look at that. Hogan throwing out a, me- hey, a Mega Power just member. your partner a couple months ago. He threw ago. out a Mega Power member. See, Hogan's such a piece of shit. It's always about Hogan. Oh, so he throws out these other. So he must throw out. He gets rid of these two. Yeah, he double clotheslines the brain, and then he goes and takes out bad news. Yeah. So Hogan's in the ring by himself. Incidentally, yeah. (laughs) Accidentally, he throws out bad news because he was meaning to throw out Savage because he's a real piece of shit. How interesting would that have been in reality if they did a Hogan turn at WrestleMania? Well, Jeepers Creepers with Sid Vicious. And Sid Justice, that elimination makes no sense. Sid should have eliminated Hogan, mm-hmm. or Hogan should have eliminated Sid. Mm-hmm. Sid got mad, and then he's the reason why Hogan he pulls Hogan yeah. out. Like it, may, 
makes no sense. All right, here we come. Here comes records. This is the official record. I don't care what anybody says. Santino Morella can suck it. Yep. This to me is the record right here. One, boom. That's faster than Luke. It's faster than Santino. He dumped on Savage. Look at Savage. I love it. I love this right here. Savage is... I tell you what, the acting in wrestling mm-hmm. does not get enough credit. No. And right here is legitimately like some of the best. Mm-hmm. Randy Savage is the best wrestler actor in the sport when it comes to yep. angles. Yep. I don't think anybody is better than him. Everything he does is believable because it seems like it's genuinely like mm-hmm. I'm really pissed off at Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if Sa- like if if Elizabeth didn't come down and Savage had a knife on him, he would have stabbed Hogan six times. <laughs> yep, at least, at least one for every time you've double crossed me. And I'm gonna stab you for every time you stab me in the I'm back. I'm gonna stab you every time you've grandstanded and hot dogging me in the entire time I've been champion. Yeah. And Jesse Ventura, my God. The, oh. the real catalyst for yeah. this entire Did feud. he not put gas on the fire? Oh. And I, I I mean, my favorite thing about Savage is, because um, it was on the network, it's still on, I think, still on the uh, the new network, um, is the Godin show where he wins the title from Tito. And yep. the first thing he says is he goes, it's got to be a rough day for Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he immediately, <laughs> the first thing he does is he cuts a promo on Hogan. It yeah. basically says his days are numbered as champ. <laughs> yep. And Savage gets out. He's like, all right, buddy, here you go. You can deal with the boss man. Peace. And boss man, what a what a dude. Mm-hmm. Big fan of the boss man mm-hmm. in this era. Mm-hmm. The 88 era where he comes in, he's a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And what a what a guy like to turn baby face when he did. You know, yeah. in a year from now, we're going to see him turn into a baby face. Mm-hmm. Maybe the number three baby face in the company, yeah. maybe four behind Jake, yeah. Dusty, you know, like mm-hmm. he's right there. I I would I would even say I'd even venture to um, he will turn. Exactly. They're going to be buddies next um, year. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, I, Steve, I know. I know some of those Madison Square Garden matches um, Hogan was doing with savage or fantastic when he was when savage was the ic champ and uh or even before he was the ic champ too and he was wrestling on like savage was like it was great because it was like he it wasn't it wasn't a big monster heel that hogan was facing which was kind of like his mo up until that point where he was facing like the monster heel savage was just yeah. like a totally like believable competitor and you know he could be his he could be Maybe not as equal, but he could be with that. He did get him good with that. Well, point. going back to kind of what we said earlier, you know, about not facing Rude. Yeah. Rude looked better than Hogan. Sure. So to think that Hogan wouldn't want to face somebody that looked better than him. No. Well, that's why, because Savage was smaller than him, because he's shorter yeah. than him. And I'm sure, I'm sure Savage, I'm sure Hogan had a problem with Savage getting big, you know? That was a great pile driver. You're mm-hmm. right, Steve. Bossman puts in some work here. Oh yeah. Um, well, I was. I was. This moment right here is amazing. I was trying to. I was thinking. I was doing some like kind of fantasy rebooking or whatever about how 
like I knew they, you know, by 91, they had, you know, they knew the warrior experiment had failed. Um, so they were ready to move on. And obviously you go back to the well with Hogan and, and, but I, I often think there were two, one of two things should have happened. I think at the rumble, you don't even do anything with slaughter in the whole, you just stay away from it. You know, like you make slaughter fight with hacks off of the entirety in 90 and 91. Um, you go and you do something which I liked is you let Earthquake win the title from Warrior. Because if yeah. you remember, Earthquake is the first guy that mixes it up with Warrior when he comes in, is the Warrior because he's in that Dino Bravo segment. Yep, and they, that brown thing. And they too. never really resolved that conflict between the two of them. And nope. so it makes total sense that he would come after him when he's the world champ. And so you have... It, 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 but it also sets up Earthquake and Hogan at WrestleMania, where Hogan can finally get his win over Earthquake, his his yeah. ultimate win over Earthquake, and then he wins the title. Or you stick with Slaughter and you do something different, and you try to find like who's I love this spot. Who's another baby face? And I think at that point you could say you could maybe say Boss Man, you know? Yeah, because you're right. He was he was like the third or fourth baby face. I love that yeah. tag team splash spot. Yeah. Now, one of my fondest memories as a kid is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And that is when um, that is when Brutus Beefcake comes out <laughs> and jumps on Akeem's back. Like, I can picture that for the rest of my life. <laughs> I know exactly what it looks like. <laughs> Beefcake. Go watch this. Here he comes. Wait for it. Hits the boss, man. I love, here he comes. Here he comes. Yeah. Watch out, brother. Whoa! <laughs> I love that Beefcake was Hogan's best friend, but never was in the Mega Powers. He had yep. Coco and Hillbilly Jim and um, Hercules, but no friggin' Beefcake. <laughs> so that's um, that's what started my re-obsession with my characters is like fantasy booking uh, Survivor Series and like going through who I had of Hasbro's mm. and whatnot and like uh, putting it all back together. It was really, really fun to, and it just exploded from there. He can be a mega maniac, but never a mega power. That's right. Yeah. He can be the booty man and the Zodiac and the disciple, but he'll never be a yeah. mega power. I just like how Hogan, True. Hogan cheats to get friggin' boss man out of there. Exactly. Two years. I mean, it's, he is such a cheating guy. Yeah. Everything he does is cheating. Yeah. Look at this. Well, even the fact that he did, you know, Hogan used to do eye rakes. Look and... at this. He's using a table. Yeah. Oh, hitting him with the, oh my God, those cases are heavy. <laughs> and they're like, they have like ridges on them and stuff. He could have cut the boss man's yeah. head open. <laughs> All right. The end of phase two has just happened. Mm-hmm. It is now time for phase Three. And phase three has got to be what? Just the DiBiase show? Yeah. The most boring uh, 20 minutes of Royal Rumble history. <laughs> the worst part of the Rumble. Of this yeah. Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, would you say that it goes down as, like, the worst part of a Rumble? Like, 93 is maybe the only other one after Undertaker gets eliminated. Yeah. You know? Like after that, like to me, that entire rumble dies. Um, 
yeah, let's look at the star power with this. We have one, two, three, four, five. All right, six, I don't have his hair painted yet, have, but there's the rooster. We have six people left. Five, if you don't include the rooster. And you know what? For the 90 rumble, I'm going to set up my table here. Mm-hmm. And every time a guy comes out, I'm going to show him to you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you never have to include the rum rooster. <laughs> oh, look at Brood Eye. I like Terry Taylor. Oh, you're the one? <laughs> yeah, I am. No, no, there's nothing wrong with I, t- Terry Taylor. Is, I feel like he's, he's just a guy who he bought into his hype like anybody else would. And, you know, maybe he was, maybe he was, he rubbed a couple of people the wrong way, but he didn't deserve what he got. Yeah. He absolutely did not. I mean, he was, he could have been just a, he could have been with Heenan. He could have been terrible Terry Taylor. And then he, you know, and then he turns face and he's just, you know, just Terry Taylor or whatever. I mean, he didn't need to be called the Red Rooster. He certainly didn't have to have his hair dyed and have the friggin' that theme music. I mean, it was just, it was awful. I feel so bad for this guy. And yet the one thing that he's known about most is is this. Yeah. I mean, Oh, a high knee. (laughs) Yeah. Be careful gang. Don't do the Andre spot. He doesn't like that. (laughs) Andre doesn't like when you steal his spots. That's right. I love Akeem. I love Akeem so much. I love One Man Gang, but I love Akeem the African Dream. I don't know why. Oh yeah, he's so good in this. He's so good in this role. It's just, I mean, he's just a good worker, mm-hmm. you know. Mm, there he is. This barb. barb. This barb. He's a stud too. Mm-hmm. Real underrated talent. I think this. I forget does. Akeem comes out as he's one man gang in at the seventeen battle royal, right? Yeah, he comes out as one man yeah. gang because he won't fit in this. Yeah, outfit. he won't fit in the uh, dashiki anymore because he lost so much weight. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. Funny. And then then he loses his home in that flood. Yeah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. And like he's so down home, so chill when he talks on those shoot interviews. Like, oh yeah, you know he's not. I'm, I don't have a problem with anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, yeah, you don't have a problem with anybody because you're six foot eight, four hundred and fifty yeah. fucking pounds. More like buddy. nobody has a problem with you, gang. Exactly. Like he'd be a guy that I'd want to go to the barbecue or the buffet with. Sure. You know, like, absolutely. Like that's the funny part, right? Like we talked about it, you know, with Lawler and Honky. Like of the people in this ring right now, I'd hang out with um, Akeem and then Barbarian, mm-hmm. and then punch myself in the face for any of the other two. <laughs> I love that um, uh, that gimmick, Battle Royal. Yeah, at WrestleMania. Yeah, it's a great one. Oh, it's so good. It's a good one. And the fact that the only reason she- oh look at that splash. Love the it. only reason Sheik won is because he couldn't take a bump. Yep. <laughs> look at that dude. He's such a stud. Oh yeah. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Beefcake's freaking foot stuck. God. I mean, as, as much as I love Akeem and Botvarian, could you have four less interesting people in the ring at this time? Telling you what, we got 
Just a oh, couple more. Here comes another. Coming out. Here's number 27. Here comes another. Then we got Rick Martell and Hercules and Ted DiBiase. I mean, oof. here's another least interesting person. <laughs> yeah, because this is like, like, this is face Rick Martell. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, obviously, stud winning this is about as meaningless as possible, but mm-hmm. like, could you have DiBiase win this thing in reality? You know, like, I think so. You know, I think that he definitely could have. Um, it just depends on who the final ones in there with him would be. Oh, yeah. You know, like you couldn't have John Studd as one of the final men in there. But Hercules, you know, like that feud's got a little bit of beef to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that you could have Savage in there again, you know? No, but I mean, you could also even do something where maybe he's in there with Akeem. Mm-hmm. And like somebody else, and yep. then they they eliminate whoever it is, and Akeem's the last guy, and then he just turns oh, so, around and he pays him, and he just leaves. It's the year. It's the year before. It's what Duggan does. Yeah, he eliminates him and Dino, right? Like it could be that same thing where Duggan or whomever Hercules eliminates Akeem, but then as he's celebrating, here comes DiBiase and puts him out. Oh, I was you know, even DiBiase wins. I was even thinking like you went. He's in there with Akeem, and Akeem and him eliminate the the last guy, and then. He turns, looks at Akeem, and he goes like this, and Akeem just oh, says, yeah. okay, and he just gets up and leaves. Well, and I think, like, and I, I like that idea a lot. Um, the only reason that it, it goes the other way a little bit for me is because um, he's already used the money to get in the position that he's in. Yeah, yeah. Right? You almost true. overuse the gimmick if it were to be that. Yeah. Um, because the one thing that DiBiase was always good about, and I thought – is yes, he's going to pay people off. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's going to be, you know, Mr. Moneybag. Mm-hmm. But D.B. is also going to fight. Yeah. And he'll get out there and, and do the work, yeah. you know. I like this. I like Steve. Final six should have been the Powers, the Towers, Hercules, and D.B. with the Powers and Towers eliminating each other, and then D.B. eliminates Hercules. Yeah. That would have been good. That doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, because then you don't have that warlord, uh, <laughs> amazing warlord exit. Well, the other thing is, I don't think Hogan can lose the shine, right? Like he's not, he's not willing to lose the shine to anybody, you know. Yeah, and Steve's makes perfect sense. That's a great finish, but like, it, I don't, you know, I don't think that he's willing to. Hulk Hogan has manipulated more careers than anybody mm-hmm. else, other than Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. And then Triple H is probably third. But I don't think Triple H or Vince McMahon has been as negative to people's careers as Hogan has. Mm. As negative. You know, every every former wrestler that I hear doing, like, shoot interviews always talks about how, at the very least, Vince said, you're going to come up here and make a lot of money. Yep. And every single one of You're them... You're going to have the opportunity yeah, and, to make a lot And of every single one of them can say that they left wherever they were, they went to the WWF, they made a ton of money, and then they left. Yeah. When they got sick of the road schedule, basically, is what it all boiled down to. They didn't like being on the road like 300 days a year. Yeah. I think that number's low. <laughs> yeah. 330. Yeah. Like, that's the crazy part is people say, oh, yeah, you know, they were on the road so much and they had so many days off well guess what man it's not like they were at their house you know when they got done with the show if i'm in anchorage alaska i still got to fly to miami yeah. you know that's a whole that's a whole day's worth of travel yeah. on top of it and then i gotta wake up the next morning and hang out with my kids and make up for two weeks mm-hmm. and then 
the next morning I got to get back on an airplane at six o'clock a.m. Mm-hmm. It's almost that's why I say like one of the probably one of the best athletes as a role model for an athlete is like a guy like Jeter who never got married, never had kids, you know, had a girlfriend in every port and just, yep. and just, you know what? Everybody knew every, everybody knew, okay, I'm, I'm his Cleveland girlfriend. I'm his Cincinnati girlfriend, you know, and it was just, that's yep. how it worked. And Mia Ham in Chicago. Yeah. And at the end of the day, who did he hurt? He didn't hurt anybody, you know? No. And that's, and that's the thing is that you got like, you don't have any kids who are, you know, upset that dad's never around or, you know, you don't have a wife who's upset that you're never around and you're just, you know, you're out there on your own. Yep. But all these idiots get married when they're like, <laughs> when they're in their early twenties and then they have kids and then they're never around and then their kids hate them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then they turn into wrestlers like Brian Pillman Jr. That's right. Oh, I like that uh, Rick Martel's got the Canadian flag on his. Oh, his yeah, tights, that was yeah. the Strike Force thing. He had that one yeah. and a uh, little arrow there. Hey, let's see. Ooh. I don't, I'm not talented enough to paint the Canadian flag on his ass. Mm. Dud says he's going to put the big guy out, huh? Just in case anybody's wondering, blue suckers are the best suckers mm-hmm. there are. I think Andy joined us again. I like that sour apple. Yeah. So what's the next couple days look like for your schedule or next week's for broadcasting and stuff? Um, I mean, we can probably meet up. For this, we can meet up again at nine o'clock. I would say on next Wednesday, watch uh, Rumble ninety, and uh, if that's okay with the, uh, the the Pod Father, as he as he might be on here, I don't know, if, or the King, as I called him earlier. But uh, no, I mean next Wednesday at nine o'clock, maybe same same bat time, same bat channel. We're gonna watch the ninety Rumble, and then um, as far as any, oh, is that next Wednesday, Steve? Or are you doing it on Monday? What's the actual what's the actual anniversary date? <laughs> Get Virgil out of it. So the first raw was one eleven ninety three. Okay, so you're gonna be doing one so you're gonna be doing one eleven twenty three. You're gonna be doing it's gonna be the thirtieth anniversary of the first raw thirty years ago. Holy shit. That's a long time. Yep. Um, yeah, but I mean, as far as like any other shows or anything like that, you know, you can always check me out on, um, the, it's GFA live. We're available on, in pod form on Apple podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Um, I've been doing some stuff on the North South connection and stuff on the place to be nation. Um, there's, uh, the pop video jukebox song of the day that we just, we just finished up with a, our latest theme week was for New Year's, so we were doing songs with the title with the word "new" in the title, and then uh, that's a fun that's a fun trip. I know we got I believe both of them are in this chat, <laughs> who are the two the two main dogs that run that show. But I love 
I love doing it, and I got to get out there and record some more videos for them. Uh, it's great. Does Hercules ever not look gassed? No, that's his whole thing. <laughs> He's always gassed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if anybody wants to check in anything else, you know, please feel free to uh, hit me up on the Twitter at Flounder824 or uh, look me up on the Facebook. Yeah. And uh, 91 Survivor Series, Hercules looks dead. Yeah, well, he was dead at that point. I mean, he's dead now, but... And what about you? What do you do? Uh, I got nothing. Um, right now, my life is fully family, kids, uh, getting time for the wrestlers when I get a chance. So um, I, I like to uh, jump in there every chance I get yeah. uh, to do something. And obviously, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, really like uh, really like movies. I've got to do um, some of that stuff before, you know, like you know, I just I just like to pop in. I'm like I'm like that that crazy uncle that comes over every once in a while, and gets drunk, and makes a scene. I, I've been noticing in the background you get the three original oh. looks at the three OG oh, yeah. movie posters. Oh yeah, the, Star Wars baby. The the, the OG trilogy, <laughs> all time all time greatness there. All right, now are you? Do you still love Star Wars, or are you? As oh, I always yeah, say, I, every I, Star, every Star Wars fan Star hates Wars. Star Wars. Feed yeah. me anything Star Wars, and I do you like the do you like the do you like the new the new trilogy like the last trilogy? I liked a lot of it. I didn't like it all the way. I didn't like the the big reveal at yeah. the end, you know, of everything. But I liked a lot of it. You know, you know, I, I, mean, I get goosebumps when Lando shows up at the end, and mm-hmm. you know, with everybody, like I get I get like legit like fuck sure. yeah, let's do this right now. Sure. Um, Think, so there's what, a lot that I like. What did you think? And about? I don't mind the prequel ones. No, well they set up a lot. Yeah. Uh, what did you yeah. think of Andor? I I actually really liked it. I waited until I could binge every episode, mm-hmm. and I thought that was great. I love Rogue One. That's probably one yeah. of my all timers. And Solo, again, love love Solo. Nice. Um, Mandalorian is great. Mm-hmm. Book of Boba yep. is good. You know. Now I haven't gotten into the cartoons as much, mm. and I think that I'm missing a lot there. And hopefully, as my kids get older, they'll want to watch it, and we'll be kind of doing, um, doing those together. Well, if you if you want somebody to do a, a watch along with you and discuss the differences in the Star Wars editions that have been released for home video, mm-hmm. I would love to do that. I've got I've got <laughs> what. Is supposed to be the most original edition of the movie on DVD. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Does it have the uh, Vaseline underneath the uh, the speeder, the land speeder, <laughs> to cover <laughs> it the does wheels? Not have, it does not have Boba Fett. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, Rogue One, uh, the Vader thing. So that was a really interesting concept. And, like, I know that's nothing to do with what we're talking about here, but, like, how they have, like, almost humbled Darth Vader... Mm by talking more about him mm-hmm. and in reality, almost making him weaker than what he actually is, you know, like it's, it's a really, it's really interesting concept because in the original trilogy, he only kills like three or four people. Mm-hmm. Now you add in the rogue one and he kills like nine. And then like you add in some of the stuff with, um, with, uh, um, what Obi-Wan, 
Yeah, Obi Wan. Oh, that, I love that one. Oh man, Obi Wan was yeah. that was my jam. Yeah. Um, but like they said that if anything, they've just weakened who Vader was. See, I disagree with that. I I do too. I completely. I think agree. that if anything, it showed him as much more of a freaking like maniac. You know, but he lost. He lost to Obi Wan, and that was the thing that people. Uh, oh my god, he lost to Obi Wan like, the first time, though. That's what. Yeah. That's what honestly makes. That's what makes. It, going back, and I know that this is not. This was not the original intent that George Lucas had, mm-hmm. but going back and watching the first Star Wars again, and seeing how Obi Wan just puts up his blade and just you know relinquishes yep. basically his entire life is just that's makes it so much more meaningful because you see how he defeats him as Anakin. He defeats him as Vader. He, you know, he, he reunited. Like, I think I saw something where it's like, I read something once where somebody said, Obi-Wan dies after seeing the two kids back together again. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he knows that he's succeeded in his mission of making sure that they're both safe and that they're together. Yep. Even though they're escaping, like in peril, kind of, but it's like mm-hmm. that's, and it just makes so much sense that he that he gives up. And no, absolutely not. I think absolutely Vader yeah. looks like such a badass after Rogue One and after Obi Wan. And I would love to see more of it, you know. Which I think, yep. I mean, I don't know if Vader's going to make an appearance in the Ahsoka show, but I know Anakin is. But yeah. I don't know if it's going to be in. I think it's in flashback form. Like there's going to be flashbacks of Ahsoka with Anakin, which will be fun. But then I also heard that like they might do something kind of reminiscent to um, uh, the Clone Wars where it's like, because they do the whole Order 66 thing in that. That's the thing is the cartoons, you should watch the cartoons because they are pretty good. They are pretty good. But um, yeah, I honestly, I might join in when, I might join in just to watch if, uh, you and Andy are going to do the Star Wars stuff because I love hearing people talk about it, especially Star Wars fans that don't hate Star Wars. Yeah. Well, let's get back to Royal Rumble 89 since it's almost done. Stud does look good here. I think he, he does have name recognition and, yeah. you know, beats the piss out of DiBiase. The HGH has spread his eyes farther apart. I don't know if you've ever heard that story. But pretty... I like deformed his face or something. <laughs> Big John Stud. Yeah, mm. he does get a pop with winning. You're right, Steve. Like, so if you go look at John Stud from like the early '80s yeah. to this, yeah. like his eyes get wider in his head. <laughs> I love that. And supposedly, a lot of that is because of the HGH and like his head growth. Mm-hmm. It should be a surprise, you know, like Stud wasn't around and there wasn't much build up to him um no coming out here other than like Jake the Snake's theme music and him doing deadlifts, mm-hmm. you know. I mean he's just beating the piss out of Urza right now for no reason. And he hadn't been around since eighty six. Yeah. Like that's a long time. Oh yeah, look at his eyes. Oh yeah. There he is. He looks tired. The winner. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is he doesn't do much with it. But I think there's a lot of good pieces of this Royal Rumble that, like, 
are there to make it watchable and make it enjoyable. Yes. Um, I'd actually say that the matches underneath are actually pretty good in comparison to a lot of other ones. Yep. Um, my favorite all time is Umaga and uh, John Cena. Yeah. That, that match was yeah, a good one. all time for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I enjoy this one. I've seen it. You know, this is number 1001. So um, totally, I'd watch it a thousand more times before I die. So. <laughs> Excellent. Um, sweet. Well, I think we are about to wrap it up here. So I want to thank everybody for joining us on stream lounge. Yeah. And, uh, I had a great time. I hope you did as well. Absolutely. I loved it. I I appreciate being able to come and hang out with you and I hope that we get to do it again. And, um, well, we are, we're going to be doing it next week. Yeah. Get to show off some wrestling figures for you. Absolutely. I'm excited to see this. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive I have 30 of 30. I think I may also commission you maybe to do some for me <laughs> if you if you will. So I, I uh, I've only commissioned one and it was a Jerry Lawler and it it was really good. Nice. But, Sweet. Yeah, it's uh it's great stuff. Hey, hope everybody has a safe uh holiday season. I know we're at the end yes. of it, but travel safe and yes. be awesome. All right, Terry, thank you so much and I will catch yep. up with you later and uh Everybody join us next week. Same bat time, same bat channel for the Rumble 90. Yeah. Right. Oh, we can talk about Batman another time, too. I got the... Uh, oh, sweet. I got some stuff over there, too. That uh, that big poster is a Batman puzzle. Nice. It's got all the comic books. Oh, yeah. We got Rocky and yeah, National Lampoon. We're going to have to put you on a... We're going to have to have a camcorder. You can take us on a tour of your house. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny is uh, Jim Cornette did that shoot interview with Bobby Heenan doing that, which is great. Yeah. I could do the same thing with my guys here. (laughs) Awesome. The Derek Cornette uh, tour tour to Franzi. Yes. Awesome. All righty. Good night, everybody. Look at that one right there. I love it. Perfect. I love it. Oh, the pile driver. That's so good. Beat up Hogan some more. Good night. Good right, night, Paul. Good night, good night, Justin. Good night, Andy. Take it easy. Yep. See you Have guys. Have a great night. Bye.